0: This thing right here is letting all the ladies know what guys talk about. You know, the finer things in life. <laughs> Check it out. Ooh, that dress so scandalous And you know another nigga couldn't handle it So you're shaking that thing like who's the ish With the look in your eyes so devilish uh, You like to dance, all the hip-hop spots And you cruise to the cruise like connect the Not just urban, she liked the pop Cause she was living la like vida loca She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck Guys like wah, wah, wah. Baby mo wah, butt, wah, I think I'll sing it again She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck Guys like wah, wah, All night long let me see that thong. Baby, I wanna show that thong, 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 thong. I like it when the beat goes. Baby, go. make your go. Baby, I, I wanna show I that thong, 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 thong. thong. That dress so scandalous, and I know I never can handle it. And she's shaking that thing like who's the ish? With the look in the eye so devilish. Uh, she like to dance till the hip hop spots. Just bourbon, she liked the pop Cause she was living la like vida loca She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck
1: better kill that.
2: Oh my goodness, Jay said the whitest thing I've ever heard today on the way to the river. It's like we, I was like, Jay, I'm going to play this song to come into the show tonight. He's like, oh my god, I used to listen to that so much. I even dyed my hair silver when I was growing up.
1: <laughs> you were, hold on, do your thing first.
2: And we are back for another week of fly fishing podcasting.
1: Hell yeah. But no, I, I searched this like last week to show my kid, you know, I mean, he likes to... Pop out and dance and shit all this new stuff so and i'm like dude look at this video this guy's flying in the end like <laughs> like this is you know the thong you know the thong song so nah it's crazy that you No, dad it, what's man. the thong song
3: <laughs> <laughs> you,
4: you gotta see this man well no this he's, is a, that's about as good as juvenile uh what,
1: what the hell was that, that song thing, yo, that nine was nine. it. that damn right <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess yeah. Chicks from our era, if they heard that, and they were a little bit wine tipsy. Oh shit! Oh <laughs>
3: shit! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing like wine tipsy. Probably talking about Chad's wife now, so I better stop. Oh, she backed right. that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> but no man, that hell. That was when uh, music was you know good for us. I guess on
4: on uh, on TRL. Yeah, I remember cause... that
1: song on TRL. Ah, dude, the video is the video is lit. They don't they don't make them like that no more. <laughs> no, man. I don't think so. <laughs>
3: hey, I,
1: I watched all the videos for the stripper booty. I can't lie, I'm a grown up. I don't give a shit.
2: I don't know if I have ever saw the video, but uh, <clears throat> you said they're flying at the end. Is, oh, it, is it... it like
1: Mo Money Mo Problems flying? No, it, it's like. You know, there's ropes hooked to him, they just blurt him out. It was oh, early awesome. early you know what I mean, technology there. So it was like Peter Pan. Yeah, he was like at this <laughs> at the goddamn circus. <laughs> <laughs> just jumps into the air, starts, you know, doing his thing again. Old oh, school Peter Pan? Yeah. Who was a chick. Platinum hair Peter Pan. Yeah. Platinum, <laughs> platinum hair Peter Pan. But Jay said he had silver hair.
4: Yeah, I had
1: a he has freaking gloves on with just like the thumbs or the gloves, like and his hands, the rest of his hands are out. Like, I, I don't know what's going on there. He's dressed. I
4: had about, my hair was about weird. every color of the rainbow, though, there for a while.
2: You're still weird, the, man. <clears> the color. longest it ever stayed was an M&M color.
4: No. When you bleached it. I had that, uh, it was an odd, uh, like, chartreuse green color for quite a long time, too. How uh, that, ma- uh, was it, Manic Panic
1: or they call it
3: whatever green. hair dye, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. What were you thinking? Surprised you got any hair left?
4: I played drums in a punk band, man. How the hell with you guys?
1: Yeah, you thought, you <laughs> thought, you thought you were punk. <laughs> you colored your hair all these different colors, and you still have hair.
2: What happened to me? <laughs> I know I fr- I fried my hair like seventy five hundred times with bleach. Mine's running off my head. Ah. but <laughs> we got some sponsors.
1: We want to shout my, out here. My give wife, a, give a break here, man. We got stories. F- we could go back for millennial. We you could. know what I mean? But no, did...
4: my my wife was timing you two's haircuts. And she said
1: Jace has got you by Bob.
4: He's he just I'm thin. got you on. The I'm really photo, thin.
1: A photo finish, but I think he's I think he's got you. Dude, right now, I don't care where we're at. I got a stocking cap on because it's winter, and apparently I've been wearing this for 20 hard years, really hard. So, yeah, peace out here. <laughs> it's wearing it <laughs> off, man. But this fly fishing here shit we're going to talk about is all brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them guys out at PredatorFlyGear.com.
2: Oh, uh, Tonight's show is being brought to you live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check them out at UrbanFlyCompany.com.
5: Tied on A-Rex Hooks. Check them out at A-RexHooks.com. Sims Fishing.
1: Find them at SimsFishing.com. And also get you some Yeti stuff. Find them everywhere and at Yeti.com.
2: And check out Why Not Fishing and they're at the dock.
1: But there's been some fishing. You guys been out. I was on strike, so sorry, sorry guys. Thanks for bearing with me. I I know we're such great friends, and fishing holds us together. So we call that on assignment. Yes. Thank you for bearing with me on my, you know, trip to Siberia to ice fish. You Got to drive far away to go ice fish. But you <laughs> can do it around here. Are there big lakes in Siberia? Oh man, like 17 mile long lakes, and you're like, I got only only got two legs. I can't walk over there. So. Yeah, uh lessons learned and yeah, that's how every new thing is, I guess until you can figure it out. You, you know, I even reached out to some were people. locals
4: uh like did, were they open to give you Oh, you
1: know, I talked to some people. My uncle went to bait dips- shop and you know, he bought a license there and got a few lures potentially worked. They did, but good pick for a weird repella color repella jig and wrap i guess that's the like go-to thing up there you but there's facebook pages you know people got where it's half bickering and half success and no secrets at all but that's fishing so everybody's here with an eye open you know trying to see where the bite is but that's a big lake and uh, i feel fish are few and far between yeah you can catch a million perch which uh you know i had a guy at at Fish USA, I talked to him I'm like, "What's going on?" I was like, "I was just up Chautauqua and just trying to make small talk with him." I'm like, "I didn't do shit." I was like, "Please tell me I'm wrong." You know, you work here at the the depot for fishing stuff. Please. He's like, "Oh, I did good at Chautauqua." I was like, "Well, tell me what I'm wrong." He's he was like, "I don't fish for walleye." I was like, "Ah, oh, terrible man. That's that's pathetic." But I'll keep this conversation short. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like. He showed me you know, he's like, Oh, that's big for Chautauqua. I don't want to hear big for shit. When it's big, I wanna hear it's big. I don't want to hear it big for here, big for there. Don't get them conceptions. There's big everywhere. You know, what I mean I hate I hate to be like, oh, yeah. This the the run of the mill, you know, catch fifty and tout about it. That I cleaned eighteen and I got, you know, a little fry for my family and that was there was some decent fish You brought home perch. The first trip I went, we brought home some perch. Uh, I the day it. we called you. Yeah, I caught a, sh- a short walleye at dark, and my uncle also did too. So it just seemed like a, a bite. And then it was dark, and it was done. Like, the fish were there. And we're fishing crazy deep, like 34 foot, 30. You know, we were out there. We I, I don't know. I ended up fishing like 38 in a few areas. How was the ice? Ice is good. It got it got better because I fished a few weeks there. You know, last week, snowmobiles were flying around out there there was like some festival going on so people i'd say it was it was eight inches but it wasn't all solid but i think they got some rain and it wiped that nasty off top and it got rock hard so now it's like you know probably hockey you know stuff where you can go out there and play on it and so it's it's pretty cool when it's like that because then you can travel and drag but the last trip we have we covered some ground we went to a new access fish twice at one access tried a different lake Lots of perch. Lots of perch. I even caught a white perch. I never caught one of those through. I never caught one at but all. Had, uh, Mark called me. This was two weeks back. I was at Finley Lake. This is a little stop. and It was cool. They're all their stuff is like, you know, nice houses around the lake. For, you know, or like, I don't know if I can park here. And, you know, probably a couple of locals did. And people were nice. They'd, they didn't say nothing. Talked to a few people on the way out. But small lake with an island in it. We are like looking for you know depth change and stuff found some fish yeah ultimately were bunches of bunches of bunches of perch so you could catch perch till your eyes bleed but that isn't my really thing so got that white perch i was like yep better get out of here (laughs) back to ohio but it like i said it was nice out the roads weren't bad we took a took a good ride right that was the day we stopped fish usa and i talked to that guy but you know we went back out off another access and jigged our asses off jig jig people were like you know the it's a it's a early and late bite that's how people tell the story so for 2 hours in the morning 2 hours in the evening and people don't really waste their time outside of that but i came to fish my uncle hooks up on this something big I, I had like one bite all all morning i'm tapping holes i'm trying to find something you know something consistent if i can or something for a reason you know but he hooks this big fish and i'm not fishing far from him so immediately i reel up and his his rod's getting it I'm like, take your time. We got it. I get over there. But I got the gaff. So, you know, adrenaline's up. <laughs> it's like a two, two-man two team now or a tag team, this fish. But if it's a muskie, don't gaff yeah. it. So fish got close to the hole. It was big head shakes. So I don't know if, if that indicated could have been a big walleye or, you know, a muskie. So people catch them. But we were out pretty deep. So fish just like he never felt it hit. It just hung on. Like that's how fish are. They're weird, man. Fish are weird when they're under ice in the winter. It's so you never cold. got to see it? No, it popped off right there, like to the side. It was off to the side a little bit, but I, I thought we were close. I was getting ready, dude. I was about to do my job. That man, you know. <laughs> is he letting the like? Are you letting the line
4: run off the ice, or has he got his, his oh, rod I, down
1: into the hole? He got it right there. Yeah, we. But the fish was close, so you, you know what I mean. You don't want to reel it to your tip. You want to have some vantage on it. But I just think it was a, you know, such a, a light bite on a big walleye, or even. Muskie might not want to even hit you know they might have just got close to it so close or something you know and maybe sniffed it you know it's crazy when you feel stuff out there you set hooks you know that's what you do so
2: well tonight's guest we're going to talk to him hopefully a little bit about
1: big big toothy fish through the ice that's pretty cool
2: he enjoys doing that
1: oh no that's awesome man if you're allowed to fish for him target him but you got guys out there looking at him on cameras mostly you know People using all the electronics can't really tell, but versus a camera, and you shouldn't catch them, you know, but they're, they're by catch. They did get caught.
4: Do we mention who tonight's guest was?
2: We
1: did not.
4: Tell them who tonight's guest is real quick, and uh, we should maybe mention the flies, and then we'll, uh, we'll get back to Jason's stories. Yep.
2: Joe Goodspeed, this evening's guest. We'll be talking to him in about 20 minutes. And uh, we got some flies in from our boy, Toles, Uh Tolls Hartman. They're awesome. They're uh, river pig styles. And he sent them in four different colors. There's four of us. Uh, We decided to have a little game with it. Um, We're going to do a little uh, round robin drawing of the hat, drawing of the numbers. We numbered all the flies, one through four, and there's four of us. So I put one through four in a hat, and we're going to do a little drawing, see who gets what color. And uh, I think... Figure that's the most fair way to do it because if all not, the colors are good though, if yeah. not, everyone's gonna pick cool. black. There's a yep. pink and chartreuse
4: with some white feathers, uh, orange with some white feathers, uh,
3: yeah, black oh. and
4: brown, some nice, real nice uh, color, and then uh, what's that? A chartreuse uh, with grizzly and uh, black head. It's Here real goes, nice fly, almost like a perch color.
2: And Jay is drawing number three. Three. I
4: got three. Go ahead. Well, we're not look. gonna look through them yet. You just everybody, everybody pull them.
1: Jace. All right, I am in with a two. Dose.
5: I can't get it out of the
2: hat. Jiggle the hat around. Got it. One. That leaves me with number four. Sweet. Good pick. <laughs> Dump them out so here. So Jay's opening the pack to see who
1: gets what color. I've already molested. Come him. on down. I graded them. Sorry.
4: <laughs> well, three. I'll take that one. I got the third Oh with the Fire Tiger. Fire Tiger, here.
1: yeah. I yeah. graded him as one. Number one. He's number one to me. Number one? Number one. Right. Gets the
2: white and orange
1: with a tan head. Oh, there's still good ones left.
2: Awesome. This is the one I pointed to. Oh man. You're white... gonna
1: want to fight me for this.
2: Oh, you're gonna get jumped outside tonight. <laughs> Jay's got the black and copper. The night. Mm-hmm.
4: That's the one I needed.
1: That's the one.
4: <laughs> right. Don't worry.
2: That that would have caught you all it. the fish yesterday.
4: Yep, that should have been it right here. <laughs> I needed I ran it. We had some
2: river pigs yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really yeah, can't wait it. to try these down there.
1: They'll work. Oh, yeah. They will work. Very nice flies. Awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you very much, Tolson. Thank you. Number uh, A1. And you're, you're A1, to bud. Use. That's for sure.
4: And he, he's guiding it. Has he gotten up in uh, Minnesota with... Uh, Pogo and them, or is he just up there fishing with them? This you time talking around? Wisconsin? Or Wisconsin? That's it. Minnesota, Wisconsin. What the hell's the difference? They all say a. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they're they're a football team apart. Oh, football team <laughs> apart. Okay, okay. <laughs> yep. I don't know the answer to that question.
4: I may have to talk
2: to him sometime here soon. Find out. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, we did that. Jay and Mark, you guys went fishing yesterday.
1: How'd that turn out?
2: It was about 10 seconds worth of
5: talk
1: on that one.
4: Yeah, well, we'll talk about it
1: first. Here, hold on. Let me get my 10 seconds left here. Long, okay, long story short, after that was no bites. You know, we went back shallow. Wasn't no perch. People were all around. I was like, what the hell are these guys doing? So my uncle, being that he hooked a big fish, he wants to go way back out to the deep. And and it was right there getting to be prime time. And I was like, well, I don't want him to have to carry his shit. I'll go out and take the sled and drag it back for him. I go out and set up. And, uh... I'm getting, I reel a rod up, like, let's go, and I got a mark, I reel up, boom, he hits it, and I hook him, I lose it, I'm like, oh, shit, drop it back down, another fish, ends up being 11-inch, 12-inch walleye, immediately, I'm ready to fish again, you know, after all day, that that's sore, man, when you catch a fish after all day, you're like, damn it, drop back down, nothing for about five minutes, I'm like, let's get the hell out of here, and then, Another fish moves in, smokes it, and I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. After I reeled that fish up, you know, two shorts. My buddy, I went in, he ended up catching one on a tip-up, a short one right there, same time period. And But, like, as it's getting dark, man, it's crazy. They wait all day for a bite, so pretty weird. That is weird, man. Those fish are stupid. Yeah, but, you <laughs> you know, if they're that hungry right then, why? where the hell were they at? Before, when I walked a mile, you know, I, I'd... Put some miles on. I was out there moving heavy. Other guys weren't, but it's not like they're, they're on a structure or anything. There's depths. It's just good, kind of steeps down in. It's a deep place.
2: Did they just suspend them?
1: No, they actually, you know, they're near the bottom in that deep of water. But as soon as I marked them, I, it was crazy because I was like, oh, there they are. And they showed, you know, advance on the lure. So I just, you know, I got smaller reels on. So I start reeling at like a steady pace, like a spinner. and It is... The fish flies up and you know, boom, you feel it. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. It's like, so it's kind of like a lake trout being fishing that deep and having that much area to work a fish versus being in seven foot and him being like, "Mm, it ain't in the right one inch. I don't fucking think so, but yeah, (laughs) that wasn't right. I'll be back in two minutes. (laughs) It's weird, man. Is it you a fish comes, you hope to catch it, and if you don't, if you kind of maybe it was a perch or yeah, it's weird. So, haven't got on no school and damn sure gonna try one more time but i believe before because we're not losing ice it's cold in the world out here it may have been a a great nice day today here in the ohio valley 50 plus degrees but it's still a cold world cold world (laughs) (laughs) times are tough in the city baby oh that's where i was at today and i I always see i always see sweet like light in the city i go to shitty cities like grove city and today i was in beulah they got these sweet paintings on the buildings you know like uh fish of many or river of many fish it was pretty sweet all trout you know all the other stuff so can't can't take a picture when you're flying down the road 90 though <laughs> now they got it nice where i see when gerard and that finley lake they had like a sweet painting on a building That's good stuff that's uh stuff i like for when i'm traveling
2: greenville has a big uh mural also doesn't make that town any better is it fishing
1: related or? No. No. Well, some of the stuff I see, you know, there and here and there, fishing related. Like, oh, they had this girl, she had a muskie hung on a rope uh, at Finley Lake on the painting. Like a four-footer little girl <laughs> had it hung. I was like, there we go. I was like, I gotta to send that to you guys. But, nah, cool art. Cool art. Fishing art. But you guys did what? Got flies wet and talked about it?
5: Yeah, yesterday, <coughs> Try tried to get Jay a musky.
1: We were, how? Huh? Oh, at they the... went out for a few hours. At the honey hole, huh? Yep.
4: Yeah, we went out for a while. It's bluebird skies and...
5: Good level. Yeah. Just dirt water and high sun. And I figured before a new moon, it'd be good, but absolutely nothing to write home on there.
4: Some other guys out enjoying the weather, flopping some big, big stuff F- in there. Floppers. Oh, Are they, they throwing throwing stuff. Some it? guys burning some... Big uh, plastic. Uh, burning some uh, spinners. Prepping some top water. Is there? P- uh, there's some no big pipe? plastics, there's big no p- things. No. No. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, some some people out enjoying the weather, casting away. A guy that was out catching uh, lures. He must have got thirty dollars worth of lures, and if he didn't tell Mark about it seven times. Cha-ching.
2: <laughs> thirty dollars, so he got one.
4: Huh. Well, he got a bunch of Rapalas and stuff. Might have got been more than thirty. Who knows?
2: That one plug he got was nice. Well, I mean, repellers, I think they're seven dollars a piece. Yeah, at I least. Mean, these are
5: these were these big, probably yeah. bigger than that. Yeah, he had one. The bigger ones. Looked like I was a phantom. That's probably twenty some bucks.
2: Yeah,
4: maybe more. I was just
5: throwing a number out there.
4: But to the grandmas. He, I thought I hit the lottery one time. There, he's out there climbing out a tree. Oh, like, in, the, in the in the river and stuff, I'll trying to get it. these get these things out. And he's like, he's like, hey, oh, look at these ones I found there. over there, Mark. And I'm like, uh, oh, Mark's gonna punch this guy in his head is
5: not one. It
4: right, doesn't
5: bro. matter how slow it is. You can always get one to move out of that tree. And sure enough, he goes into
1: there and just climbing it like oh. a monkey. Oh, that's where he was playing. Yeah, yep,
2: I'm just watching.
1: I hope you fall in. Hope oh, you dude. Fall in. <laughs> hope you get fallen and get eaten by a muskie. So, <laughs> so, so nothing. No, no follows. No, no. I just couldn't see or or no. what was the deal there?
4: No, we just no. There were no follows. We didn't Mighty, see any fish moving in muddy or water then. Could you see anything? I mean, but,
1: yeah, a little yeah, bit. I mean, it was the
4: d- muddy bunny, but it was nice. It was it was more tannic.
5: Yeah, you still had vids. I mean, you could stand. see your fly,
2: but nah, I don't know. It was tough to kind of make out much in the water past it, though. So, what you find out was the hardest part about being down there, Jay?
4: I've been down there before. Bank ank and muskies. But, you know, not <laughs> not fi- not fishing muskies since October.
2: No, didn't you say figure eighting from the bank was?
4: Oh, figure eighting from the bank is
2: tough. I know you've been there before, but yeah,
4: I mean it is. It's it's not easy. There's shit all over. You got to reach out far. It's not, you know.
1: Mark got to go down there and trim it all back for you. You have you got to think, think about it before else. you make a cast. No, oh, for sure. It.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he, you know, dude, he does that stuff all the time. So
1: he made it look like clockwork. What, did you but you have to fish behind him, he said. Though no, oh. no, we we were we were fishing beside
4: each other. Different spots. They'd be standing there, hanging out, showing, telling me we're here, 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 here. Keep it at these levels. And couldn't even was, let him reel one in, Mark. No, man, we was, we Damn. were, we were giving her hell. <laughs> That's the thing. You couldn't even let me reel one <laughs> in. Been great. great. Would God. you hit him the rod here, off if here, you hooked one? Here, just here. Hold, pull this one, one in, Jay. I got one. Reel pull this one in. in. Yeah, reel it in, Jay. Uh, uh, we did. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was r- r- tough.
1: That was our favorite thing, man. Back in the day. Let me reel that shit in.
4: Reel that shit in, yeah. Hey, Give me that rod. Hey, Mark. I reel that in.
2: Can I take a picture with that fish, guys?
1: No, when he got his, he got his arm way back, just grab the rod, like, give him the assist.
2: <laughs> take it out of his hand. Yeah. Hand him the
4: net. Yeah. Here, bud, you're closer. <laughs> when it's about to, yeah, he's about to net the fish. Just take the rod from him and have him hand him the net. <laughs> Here, bud, you're already down there.
2: Oh, my goodness. Uh. So I, uh, I shoot Archery League on Tuesday nights, and one of the guys that shoots there, he, uh, he listens to the show. I threw something off him. I was like, "Hey, Jared, what would you think about the guy we had on two weeks ago?" He's like, "You mean that guy from Montana?" I said, "Yeah, the guy from Montana." He's like, "I love that guy." I, said, I love that guy too. Everyone loves that guy. Talking about Kelly.
1: When <laughs> you when you came into Big Pun, uh, or was possibly, that a different? Yeah, I babe, I I'm like, man, these guys play the music I like when I'm not there. <laughs> losers, <laughs> freaking losers! Make me listen to that crap. Well, when we, I'm there, we came in with a good song for you today. Uh, I like big butts, and I cannot lie, man. That's always a good song for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I I did some fishing today. Went steelhead fishing. Uh, change of pace. I definitely worked my ass off for a couple hours because slush kept flowing, and I broke the ice and broke the ice, and after three hours, broke the ice. But it was a cold start. First couple casts, boom! I hook up a fish. I broke some more ice after that. Got the whole Hole cleared out. Then I went to town. It only took like two hours for the locals to be like, "He's using a jig."
3: <laughs> like it
1: was, Like somebody snuck up on me and talked to some me, and then they went back around and huddled up. And they figured it out and they got one. But man, I was laying into him. His tough is a little bit windy in this what area. What fly did you catch him on? The bead fly.
4: The bead fly. Double fly. bead fly. Double bead fly. Oh yeah. <laughs> a couple. I but a,
1: only a couple. But I I uh. I tied only like, a couple of beads. I got like this jig. It's kind of it's sweet. It's it's a I don't know one of them weird darter heads. Is caught Chad? fish. Yeah, that's what happens when we talk about bead flies.
3: Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I caught I caught, I caught walk, fish on you. all
1: kind of jigs, jigs and jigs, Hercule and I was smacking them. I didn't center pin my beads today. You'd be proud of me. I am proud of you. Just, You're growing just up. Just jigs, just like I beat all the fish up in the whole hole and. And you could throw a clouser, do the same thing. Oh, nobody, nobody was even gonna cast in there. I told you, these guys like, I just broke dice for four hours. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Go no, on don't, scram. Don't you dare, bud. You wait till I'm done. Get out of here. This guy put the biggest bobber I've ever seen on, but it was, it was laughable. I got a few chuckles out of it while I was catching a couple more before I left. It was, a, it was a, it was like one of the big live bait. Like a pike and bobber. So like I'm a like, sucker bobber. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Uh, Might as well laugh every balloon. time he cast it. I laugh, did a little laugh out like, ah, uh, just for laughs. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. I guess steelhead fishing's fun. A couple of them jumped, so it was pretty frickin' fun. I think spring's coming. Yeah, man, I can't wait. But it was ice bottom to top, and I cleared it out. I don't know how, how it happened. But it happened for hours, and I was successful. Good deal, man. Well, hey, I think we're going to go
2: take a break and uh, come back with Mr. Joe Goodspeed.
1: And we are back with
2: Joe Goodspeed from TNT Rods. What's happening, Joe? How you been, man?
6: Great, guys. Good to uh, good to talk to you again.
2: It's great to talk to you. And uh, if anyone's counting, this is the first time you're probably going to hear Joe because I was dummy and lost a, the file for the last time Joe was on. So thank you very much for your second time, Joe.
1: No problem. So let's start with what you're currently doing, man. You're out hitting some ice fishing. I I love ice fishing and boy, Ohio ain't the fricking place to live for it. I can tell you that because got me driving all kind of places, but you guys got all kind of ice, right? No, not,
6: not necessarily. I, uh, I, I live right on the cusp, of, you know, it depends on the winter, how, uh, how, how good the, uh, the ice pack is. The last couple of years, it's been pretty thin in the places I like to go, but, uh, This year, uh, this year I have been able to get out a few weekends in the past uh, month.
2: And what are you chasing mainly?
6: Uh, you know, I, I've been doing some trips for, uh, for tiger muskies and for big pike. Uh, you know, if there were, if there was a chance to fish for purebreds through the ice, uh, for me that was within range, I'd probably be doing that because I like to try to try to target the most the biggest predatory fish i can through the ice but uh the tiger muskies are a nice uh they're a nice species to target because they can they can be stocked into pretty good concentrations in some places
4: how big a hole are you cutting you know to pull a muskie through the hole
6: i drill eight inch holes and uh and you can you can pull fish that are a little bit bigger in girth than the circumference of the hole so Eight inches times pi, plus a little bit. You can
1: probably fit. It's like it's like uh, it, it's it's so like it's, a fat girl sitting in a little like a real tight seat. It's good. Or yoga <laughs> pants. Were you doing Pythag-
2: it, Pythagoras or uh, the Pythagorean theorem with pi and circumference?
6: It, well, I mean, long story short, there you could you could fit a fish with a twenty five plus plus inch girth through an eight inch hole, and so I've. I've never had an issue with uh, I've gotten some nice fish, but I've never had an issue where I couldn't get uh, one through the angel.
1: So, is uh, most of the like technique a sit and wait type deal over an area with tip ups, or what? What's your do you jig for them? Lures? Any type of like rattle? What What are you doing here?
6: I I don't jig for them. I do uh, I do uh, make strategic sets with tip ups, which I. Uh, I, I fawn over my tip-up rigging and what uh, what bait that I can get to uh, put down, and then I stand around and uh, hope that a uh, muskie comes and intercepts <laughs> my baits. Always live bait, or no? Uh, rarely live bait. Actually, a, a lot of times I am using uh, using dead bait, if possible, fresh uh, fresh dead bait that hasn't been frozen is probably what I think is the what you're most likely to catch a real nice adult fish through the ice on.
2: You said you chase up uh, or have been chasing tiger muskies and pike. Is there a difference in your, uh, in your setups or your, uh, your tactics between the two fish or, or are they just roaming out in the same areas?
6: I think tigers have more of a tendency to, uh, to move higher in the water column than pike. For, uh, for the tigers, I'm, I'm often going over a little bit deeper water and setting baits right around in the middle of the water column. And uh, for, for pike, I'm often setting baits pretty close to the bottom, either on the bottom or within a few a couple feet of the bottom.
2: And are these lakes somewhere you'll, you'll come back and frequent in the summertime and throw flies at these fish?
6: Uh, the the one is the the one lake is a is Otisco Lake in Central New York where I, I used to live right near there and so I've got a lot of experience with uh with that lake and it's it's a big deep lake that the New York State stocks a lot of tiger muskies into it's also well known it's where the uh, the Ice World record uh, came uh, was came from and. Uh, it's it's a bait factory. It's full of all wives, and so uh, and so the uh, there's a really good top end fish potential there.
1: Yeah, they, we get a few around here, but it's it's rare. But there are 50 inch fish getting pulled through the ice, you know, potentially in some of the lakes. That's big fish season, and most of them are caught uh, just on jigging rods because nobody's set up like you are, you know.
6: Yeah, and even with the big stuff, it's a grind to target the uh, target the really big fish. They, you know, just just like with the flies, they've got they've got biting windows, and uh, you know, if you've got live baits, oftentimes they'll chase them around and, and make the bait freak out, but then not even not bite.
1: Is it more of a shallow water game?
6: Uh, uh no. I I think I'm. I always think that the the most adult fish like to have more room around their body for their senses to be effective. And, uh, I, the, the biggest, uh, I've caught, uh, I think eight tigers over 40 inches through the ice in, in different waters. And I've gotten uh, a few purebreds through the ice up to 49 inches. And for as far as the pattern of where, where the biggest fish have come for me, they've often come suspended over, at least 12, 15 feet of water, oftentimes, uh, maybe like 17 to 25 feet of water suspended baits with bigger fish.
5: Huh. Can you elaborate a little more on what you said about, you know, having more water around them? You finding that like mainly lakes or do you also see that in, like rivers too, or? I mean...
6: That's, that's a, that's a theory of mine, but it's something, you know, it's, it's something that I can, I can tell where. If you're pulling a, if a big fish is following your fly and you're pulling it towards shallower water, I've, I've seen big fish that are really hot on a fly, just, just turn, turn and swap ends when they get into about six, seven feet of water. And, uh, that's not to say that, you know, some, some big fish don't want to feed in shallower places, but I, you know, I, I expect to find those really big adult fish to be controlling you know, a pretty big expanse of, of territory, usually in a prime feeding lie, you know, whether it be in a, a lake or river someplace, you know, at the, at the top current end of a really big, you know, home base for a fish.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Bigger fish, more room, all makes sense.
2: So you said you strategically put your, your baits out in different places, put your suspending. That means throw a beer and where it lands no i I was gonna say you're suspending over twelve to fifteen feet of water Is there anything that's particular you're you're looking for, or are you just walking out and looking <clears throat> for twelve to fifteen feet of water and gonna suspend a bait somewhere
6: N- no i <clears throat> I spend a lot of time looking at the uh the bathymetry uh if you've got lakes that have like a really accurate uh color-based contour map where you can see, you know, not not just the contour lines, but the, you know, where where the bottom structure is is angular and where uh <clears throat> the drop-offs are are happening and I'd like to be in those types of waters adjacent to the steepest steepest drop-offs that I can. In in my mind, the biggest potential fish are going to use the deepest water the majority of the time and they're going to slide into shallower water as shallow as they need to, to feed before, uh, before going back out into like a, a really safe haven. And so I try to position my baits like about the first place where a fish that's in the deepest water in the lake can come up into depths like that to, uh, to feed.
2: Okay. That makes a ton more sense. Cause I was just picturing a wide open football field and you just, all right, right here and put your finger on the map, you know? <laughs> so, yep. I'm I'm glad you uh you cleared that up a little bit.
1: Um what's a any bycatches? You running into anything else? Eating the big dead baits?
6: Sometimes big largemouth bass, a big walleye, pretty much the same things that you might have scarfed down a big musky fly, you know, at at times is uh whoever's hungry got, is, got is, dinner is waiting. It's it's usually something good, you know, when it's eating a date, bait like that.
1: You don't use none of that Potsky fire brine? That's no, that's I, a little joke, man. I,
6: I, I haven't been fire brining any of my, uh, <laughs> golden shiners,
4: you know, in the ice fishing, do you, do you ever go out and actually seek, you know, walleye or anything to take home and cook up, or is it always mostly catch and release?
3: Yeah.
6: You know, uh, I wish there was a nice walleye lake near me because I, I like walleyes a lot. And I grew up, uh, fishing walleyes after dark with, uh, with tip ups with my, with my family. And, uh, if there was a good place like that nearby where I am there in in the northern corner of Massachusetts, I would be doing that at times, but i you know it's not something that's on my radar out there
2: well, that's a great segue though, because you were just chasing walleye today right
6: yes, that that was I was just uh exploring a couple new waters and some waters that I am familiar with uh. Using a ten foot eight inch five weight fishing for uh fishing for walleye's pretty much all day today.
2: And um uh, when you when you're fishing the, the long rod, uh, what are you throwing? Are you throwing like clouser minnows and high nymph or high stick nymph and or what <clears throat> what are you doing?
6: With the stuff that's gonna be hitting the bottom for me it's always going to be jig style uh, flies with the hookup and uh a lot of times for walleyes, it's olive brown, stuff that uh, flies with no eyes that are like the, the color of a leech. Uh, they're very particular. You know, oftentimes with walleyes, you change colors and you either get another fish or get, you know, your only fish is you're fishing a run. I just had that happen tonight where I covered a run with a, a dark olive brown fly and didn't get a bite and I switched over to a natural minnow color, like a kind of a olive over white uh minnow in my first cast I had a nice uh nice fish that I ended up dropping as I was fighting it uh hit that but that wasn't uh surprising you know just like a really big smart trout oftentimes you know your biggest walleye is gonna come on either your first cast or your first new cast with a new color pattern.
2: Yeah we see that happen quite a bit
1: around here as well. <clears throat> walleye are so stingy man they well, will, they will well, ignore you. <clears throat> The walleyes, they have to be <clears throat>
6: their own safety net because people oftentimes aren't going to throw them back. You know, so these other, other <laughs> you know, species Good of point. fish, a lot Good of times they've, they've got like nine lives now as far as, you know, they might be learning every time, but they're back out there. Whereas with the walleyes, you get a really, you know, big old walleye. That's a smart fish. You know, that fish is like smart right from the start, you know, without, you know, having, you know... The chance, you know, they might get thrown back here and there. I throw them back, but <laughs> not that many guys are throwing back, you know, nice keeper size, you know, th- three, five pound walleyes, bigger walleyes. No,
5: not fish here. Are...
1: They don't do that here, but
5: You find them fish are traveling a lot in that, like, small river setting?
1: <clears throat> Could you repeat that?
5: I said, do you find them fish are traveling a lot in, like, the, the system you're in there?
6: That they're traveling a lot?
5: Yeah, do you find them traveling a lot, or do they usually stay pretty stationary? I mean, can you always go catch them in that area like that, or is it just a time of the year thing?
6: There's there's certain sloping runs that are the you know have the depth and the and the current that walleyes prefer that are always going to be good walleye spots where walleyes live. Just like you know riffles are always going to be a good you know trout spot where trout live, but <clears throat> walleyes walleyes are a periodic feeder they're a low light feeder and they will move up into prime feeding lies for the type of water that they're in when they're comfortable and they want to feed. So, you know, the, the, you can't catch a walleye on your terms. You have to catch it on its terms, especially a big one. And oftentimes, you know, you might be able to say, okay, this is where I think the walleyes are going to be, but it's not until the last 45 minutes of the day. And, uh, I, I saw that today where I fished one of my favorite uh, walleye walleye runs at about one in the afternoon. in The bright sunlight didn't touch a fish. I came back at dusk after after not uh, hooking a fish there and got uh, got three walleyes out of that run. There, you know, as the sun was going down because and they were moving up into uh, into the spots where they were just resting <clears throat> earlier in the day. And that's really common with walleyes. Once you figure out a spot that holds walleyes. The, the current at the top end of it for the river fish, you can go back to those areas and on cloudy days or uh, in a summertime cold snap or every day as the sun is going down are all you know, times where you're more likely to be able to target that water and, and pull those fish out.
2: Will you uh, go in, let's say, September, October, or July uh, chasing walleye, or is your mind on other things in the summertime?
6: I like catching a, a walleye 12 months out of the year, uh, especially on the trout rivers. For me, river walleyes are, are what's compelling to me. And uh, there's times where when I'm trout fishing uh, for big trout, I'll, I'll bounce back and forth. When I come to a spot, it's a walleye spot, I'll, I'll rig up and uh, focus on walleyes. And I'll also catch them in those same waters where they live with the trout eating and nymphs, crane fly larvae, uh, baby crayfish, all, all of those things that uh, a big trout might be eating is something that, uh, you know, the river walleye living in the same spot is going to pull out of the current, too.
1: Do you do any late night fishing for them in the summer months? I do
6: not. Uh, I, like to try, I like to try to catch the fish during the day.
1: Yeah, dude, that's when big walleye come to play, man. Some of my biggest fish, like river wise, and
2: didn't you just say you can't catch them on your terms? Ah,
1: <laughs> walleye I wall I'll be the judge. Yeah, well, I, I
6: can <laughs> catch them on on my terms.
3: Yeah. so that's what makes <laughs> you <does>. go, right?
1: <laughs> you you sleep at night, is what he meant. So, yeah, no, it it, it happens all the time, man. Yeah, they're they're definitely nighttime feeders and like you were saying that last, you know, that photo period right there, 45 minutes, I, I fished my ass off ice fishing, ice fished yep. all day. And that was the only bite. You know what I mean? It's crazy.
6: Yeah. And it's common, you know, in places that have those walleyes, you could have your, those same minnows down there all day and, and maybe, or maybe not get a bite and then catch a half dozen in the, in the, you know, two hours around dusk.
2: So Joe, can we transition a little bit of musky on the fly talk? Yeah, let's do it. All righty, man. So you have a a pretty unique fly that you like to tie. Um, your your goop fly. Can you describe it and describe how you tie it?
3: Well,
6: to 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 me, a a goop fly. You know, I you could I could coat. There's certain things that you can coat and goop, and you know the the nature of the fly is the you know the volume and the shape and the and the colors. I you know the whether whether just about everything that I make for for musky flies either is going to have is going to have goop on the head maybe some spun uh, spun deer hair but uh vast majority of stuff that's on the end of my line is has a the front quarter of the fly kind of coated and shaped in uh in
1: goop but your that's not done on a shank that's all through what what are you use in a tube or i do that on a shank
6: i can uh if the hook is big enough i can do that on just a big uh big single hook or you know articulated fly as well when i make those flies with those heads i am almost always going to put them on a shank because i'm making those heads to try to replicate the type of action that guys get with a glide bait uh gear gear fishing where flies have, uh, you know, where the the glider lures when someone rips that with a big, uh, you know, gear rod is going to have, it's going to carry forward and it's going to have an irregular kind of kick out on it. And uh, and that's what I want my, I want my musky flies to fish like a glide bait.
4: Are you, uh <clears throat> with the different shapes with the goop, are you trying to get a different movement or is that just for a profile and maybe the shape of the fish that you're trying to? you know have the fish eat
6: both at uh at at times i'll target really specific uh shapes to get a certain action and at times i'm trying to imitate a certain food source and i'm going to shape something that's going to be you know as, as close to the the shape of that food as i can get
4: you always uh you
6: always put eyes on
4: them flies too and do you think they're important
6: I I don't always put eyes on the flies. When I do, I oftentimes put small eyes on the flies. And uh but some of the some of if not saying the the biggest fish that I have caught have come on flies without eyes. And the thing that I think that muskie fishermen should really keep in mind about fly eyes is that muskies approach a fly or a bait or a you know minnow something they want to eat from below and behind from a place that's outside the cone of vision of the bait and so they put themselves outside of where they can be within view of those eyes and so i think a lot of times a muskie is going to bite something and intentionally is going to keep itself out of view of potentially knowing whether your fly has eyes on it or not and if you put like really big ass clown eyes on your flies i think it's going to make a following fish feel less like it can successfully successfully you know stalk and attack that minnow without it realizing you know that it's approaching it
1: must give so, hd vision they see all
2: that's, that's not something i never thought about because I always put the big ass clown eyes on.
1: <laughs>
2: you put the and, lipstick on too. Uh, that might be why I don't catch many fish.
6: Well, you know, giving giving you know the if the if the bait has a better sense of vision, that's disadvantageous for the muskies. It, you know, think think of like a great white shark that wanted to eat a seal. And that seal had like a great big eye on the underside of its body that was like seeing the shark as it was trying to stay down deep and and make a you know like an attack move. Shark would be like, nah, you know, screw that. This thing is like looking right at me here. It's gonna be squirming all around when I'm trying to bite it.
2: Yeah, find a different seal that has normal eyes.
3: <laughs>
6: and and so, you know, I see this with the with the ice fishing where I've got some big live baits out and then fresh dead baits and you know the fish avoid the lively live bait and will swim over and eat a dead bait that's right next to it because it's just it's less effort for that fish and that fish you know knows that it's you know that you know i've got a live seven inch golden shiner flapping all around and i'm getting bait flags because you know it's seeing muskies and it's freaking out and the muskies are just like this is not worth my time to, to track this thing down and you know because the water's Thirty-two degrees, and they're freezing, and they're, you know, everything's going slower for their, uh, for their body.
2: <clears throat> Back to the ice fishing, real quick. Are you using a bite guard at all for the muskies through the ice?
6: Yeah, I, I'm using a bite guard with the uh, with the tiger muskies. They're really line shy, where they get a lot of pressure, and so you're you're weighing between what they can bite through and what they're willing to bite i i've been going with a really high quality 60 pound uh fluorocarbon really hard i i I like to keep in mind the thing about the uh as far as bite guards go it doesn't matter what the tensile strength of your bite guard is it matters what the how hard it is and how much diameter there is to prevent the fish from getting through it and uh and I, I just, I see a lot of people using stuff for bite guard that if you just, if you handle it in your hands compared to some other things like, like Seagar Blue Label is a really shitty bite guard. It's a really soft, you know, uh, premium fluorocarbon. And it's something that probably more guys get bite-offs on like 80-pound Seaguar Blue Label than, you know, than anything else. All kinds of people use Blue Label and it's just a soft fluorocarbon that invites, you know, bite-offs from toothy, uh, toothy fish the i've been throwing a, a p-line shin it sounds kind of like chinsi i don't know if it was if they if they realized that they were making a, a chin chinsi sounding japanese uh product but uh in 60 pound that's a considerably harder product than the cigar blue label 80 and and something that fish would be less like likely to uh to get through so uh you know holding something in your hand, seeing how comfortable it is for you to tie a knot with it. Like if you can tie a good knot with a bite guard, it's probably going to be pretty easy for fish to bite through it.
2: (laughs) So what do you do uh, for knots then? I've been
6: using, I've been using these really short matte black crimps from American fishing wire or uh, yeah, AFW fishing wire and um, Malin M-A-L-I-N. Uh, both of those companies make really nice little uh, black sleeves that you can uh, crimp. You can, you know, fit like a 60, 80, pound uh, fluoro through. You get the right uh, inside diameter for the tube and you can do, you know, the, the thing, they're only, they're maybe three eighths of an inch long. So you can form a little loop if you want. You can, you can make something tight to the, to the eye of your uh, fly. And it's a really streamlined way of, uh, you know, connecting to your fly. Without having, uh, you know, a big visible extra, whatever you want to make there.
2: So you recrimp, and every time you change flies.
6: Yes. Um, okay. Th- those those crimps, it's, it costs about maybe five dollars for a hundred. I'm taking uh, like a pair of Nipex cutters and just nipping off right up right above the crimp, and then you might only use a half inch or less of material, you know, less than if you were tying a knot as you make a new crimp. So if you you know, I like to keep my bite guards pretty short, and so I might start it at like 14 inches and, and fish it down to maybe like nine and a half before uh, cutting off and going to a new rig.
2: Okay, and if I remember correctly, you were fishing a, a relatively long leader, weren't you? With I the just, with the goop flies.
6: If if I've got uh, if I've got deep slack water. I always like to use a really long leader because I think it definitely creates a more appealing presentation. But uh, you know, a lot of times it's just not feasible to fish a long leader if you're if you're fishing current or if you're trying to get your fly to fish pretty quickly when it's hitting the water. So in in the summertime, oftentimes it's not the case that I'm using that long of a leader. But uh, in winter, in lakes or in winter fishing conditions. I'm often fishing fast sinking lines and maybe nine to 12 total feet of leader and then flies that have a neutral buoyancy. So they'll, they'll kind of hang around on or near the surface as the sinking line gets well down in front of them.
2: How long do you, uh, do you let the the fly line count down before you start stripping? So that fly, or are you wanting your fly to, to hang out by the surface?
6: Well, I know
2: know it's dependent, but
6: when I'm using the longer leaders, it's no, it's a, it's a reasonable question and how long you wait is going to dictate the angle at which your fly is going to fish at least until you've stripped as much leader length as, as until you've stripped in your hand as much line as the length of your leader is because that whole time your sinking line is going to be almost straight below your fly and your fly is going to be heading towards the point where you're sinking where the end of your sink tip started when you started stripping that was i mean that's a little bit of a convoluted thing i just uh was saying there but if you cast out with your long leader and your sinking line and your fly that's kind of hanging there near the surface if you watch the fly for about six eight ten seconds as the sinking line gets well down ahead of it you'll see the fly start to turn nose down because the line has sunk down below it and it's starting to pull it down. Yeah. And when I see that, I know that my sinking line has set up the angle that I'm trying to create, and that's when I'll start to uh, strip my fly back in.
2: Do your retrieve. Yep. Okay, good deal. <clears throat> and uh, on, back to your fly real quick. You're tying them on shanks. What is your base hook? and how are you attaching it to the shank?
6: I have been uh so I typically use a pair of split rings, number 3 split rings in the back and a uh number 1 ought or number 1 debarbed treble hook. And I I've been experimenting with using this clipping off one of the legs of the treble hook. This is uh Blaine has been, uh, Blaine has been fishing, uh, with, uh, some of my flies and that's how he's been rigging them is he's been taking a treble and cutting it down to two barb points. And, uh, I've been doing that a little bit with the ice fishing and I'm starting to do that with the, uh, with the flies as well. It makes the hook lighter. You know, you still have, uh, really opposing angles to, uh, to help make sure you get something that sticks on the fish. Uh, because, <clears throat> I like to keep in mind that when a muskie bites something, you can't pull and set the hook when a a muskie has a fly pin in its mouth. So uh, nearly all the time when we hook a muskie, the we there's a, there's a slip moment where the, where the fish starts to realize it's done something wrong and open its mouth and the line is going to slide forward. And that's where you're going to start to get purchased with your hook. And so that's the, and that's that moment where a lot of times, you know, Muskie plows onto something and someone's rod just bends over and they're like, Oh God, I've got one. It's on there. You know? And for like, for like three seconds, it's just like the full weight of the fish. And then as you start to pull back on the fish and it's like, something's wrong. It starts to open its mouth and your fly just comes, you know, flying out and it's like, shit, it came off. Like it was a bad hook set. And you know, you really, you know, When you're under full tension, you weren't, you know, setting the hook because you couldn't set the hook because your fly was pinned amongst rows of, you know, of, uh, you know, cylindrical teeth and the pressure of the, uh, of the mouth of the, of the fish. And for me, that's the great thing about the, those, uh, that one free swinging treble hook right in the middle of the fly is, you know, when they pin down on that, you're not pulling it into the fish. But when they start to open their mouth, where you catch them is usually right in the corner of the mouth as that thing is sliding out. And, uh, you know, it's about 75, 80% of the time for me, at least three out of four fish. The, you know, I I can unhook the fish. Either the fish gets unhooked just thrashing around right after it's in the net with the barbless hooks, or it's on the corner of the mouth where and I just reach in and, and pop it out without even needing to use, like, spreaders or you know, the, uh, hook out, which at times you, you absolutely do, you know, no matter what the, uh, the hook situation is, but, uh, oh, I yeah. th- think, I think that the hook in the middle of the fly is a great way to get the fish in the corner of the mouth the majority of the time.
2: I got a dumb question for you. Uh, you're, you're nipping one of the barbs off of, or, uh, the hook off of a treble. Have yeah. you, have you ever looked into, uh, frog hooks?
6: Is it just a, a, a,
2: a like, opposing hook? Like a double hook.
6: There, to, to buy a, a certain double hook. Yeah,
5: yeah I mean, go, Gami makes a frog hook that's goes up
1: to what it
3: four?
6: It just ought-
1: it's it's not connected in the middle. It's kind of apart.
6: Mm, I think I've seen what you are talking about. I for the thing that I'm doing, I really like the idea of having a, a premium Gamakatsu. Uh, the titanium type uh, hooks. The if you if you've seen these things, the tournament Gray titanium, they're kind of a gray colored hook. They're a little bit lighter. They're I think they're a denser metal. They're, they're like a better like weight to strength ratio. Really sharp. Stay uh,
2: and super stay light.
6: Sharp. They're yeah, they're lighter than I think most builds of hooks for the same amount of metal.
2: Yeah man. Hey, if you found something that works, that that's cat's ass.
1: I was just wondering. <laughs> I for sure know that a treble hook with two hooks you know what i mean what is a way better setup than the three hooks they turn out of that bat big time a lot of fish get more hookups on a two hook you feel then that's why the ones clipped off
6: i don't have enough experience to uh to give you know any of my own opinion about what the difference in the in the rates would be between those two things i am i am dabbling with that now but You know, of all of the muskies that I've uh, caught, the vast majority of them have been on, uh, you know, a barbless single treble hook. And, you know, that's if uh, if I see a muskie biting my fly, that's definitely the rig that I have the most confidence. that I'm going to successfully be able to get that fish in the net and, you know, get it unhooked without having to be bleeding.
2: Um, Back to the design of your flies. Are you still balancing them with the uh, with the foam in the back?
6: Absolutely. Yeah. The, the foam in the back of the flies is a critical part of, uh, of successful, uh, you know, flies fishing as well as they can. When I fish, when I go back and forth between similar flies that have that feature and don't, you know, the, the flies just have a more lively, you know, balance and action in the water when, you know, they can't kind of sink first in between, uh, in between strips and on the hang. And I like to fish really slow a lot of the time, through extended pauses. So having flies that stay kind of, you know, uh, you know, that don't float up with their head, they don't sink down with their tail and kind of keep their shape as they're just resting there and might have a little bit of movement, but not like pulsing out like an octopus. Those are, you know, features that I'm looking for in my fly design. And you were asking about the the heads before. I I make some things that are irregular shapes and some things that are you know more cylindrical natural shapes the more cylindrical your head is the easier it is to cast it and fish it all day and that goes a long way you can make uh, i can make flies that uh, ha- are are so flattened down thin that they're as thick as maybe two quarters stacked on top of each other and the action the water is incredible but it's like casting a kite, you know, like the, it's like catching the, the wind. Yeah. Go, you know, planing off in the wind, and it's a, you know, you can't water load them because sometimes, you know, they'll that uh, you almost break your wrist when like something digs into the water because it's got like some sort of an angled uh, head. So, although my biggest fish, you know, the 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 biggest fish that I've ever unhooked came on a flat-headed fly with no eyes. I rarely am fishing flies like that anymore because I think that I've got flies that are have a better ratio of ease of fishing to success than the, uh, than the really irregular shaped ones.
5: You said you fished them slow. Is that, excuse me, is that just a wintertime thing or you fish them slow consistently throughout the year?
6: I will fish. Uh, I won't only fish slow in the summertime, but, uh, I always like the uh, the idea of having really extended pauses. The flies need to be made to do that. You know, it's you you can't take a fly that's got a, a game changer action and a bunch of you know shanks and let it hang there in the water. It's just it's not gonna you know maximize this, maximize the success of that fly. So, you know, I, I I'm not saying that you can just do that with uh, with anything, but with the flies that I make, that it kind of keep their shape at about seven and a half to about nine inches those flies you know if you think you know if you think about something going slow being like something that's so injured that it's nearly dead that's always something a, a muskie might want to hit so you know i but i do use a lot more speed in the summertime and fast two hand retrieves and mix up the uh mix up the retrieves more in, this, in the in the fall and winter i'm always going slow
2: Do you upscale them at all in the fall and the winter? Cause you always hear people saying, Oh, muskie in the fall, you got to throw out them big baits, you know? So are you going by that or are you still staying with the, uh, the nine to seven range in,
6: in the fall, I go into imitating, uh, I, I go a little bit smaller and I go really natural food sources in the, in the places that I fish, the water always gets more clear as it gets more cold and, uh, <clears throat> and some attractor colors that I get fish on in the summertime in dirty water just don't get the the same adult class of fish that uh, that the natural food so- sources seem to for me. And I am really I'm imitating certain food sources. In the in the past two years, I've had uh, imitations of rainbow trout on my line about ninety percent of the time in the fall.
2: <clears throat> awesome. So. So you find them where they're stalking rainbow trout and go throw rainbow trout flies?
6: Nope. I, I go places where there's no chance they would ever see a rainbow trout, and I throw rainbow trout flies. Oh, awesome. Even better. <laughs> the, well, I I see that when there are certain food sources that are interesting to them or that they know that they like how much more rapidly they bite them, I've I've seen kind of... Uh, bait fishing guys floating different certain food sources under bobbers over the same fish and know that you know you could have two different things that were both a, a 10 inch fish and one might get hit five to one over the other one if it was something that the muskies were more interested in and uh, my some my some of my friends argue with me about uh, about why they bite the flies that look like a rainbow trout and uh when they're like well they i don't think they could have ever seen a rainbow trout uh there and it might be true and uh but i i'm still under the impression that if you put a live rainbow trout out there that it would be one of the most likely things for those fish to uh bite even though they haven't seen it before and that you know i know that on on fish where that don't commonly or may never have seen that food source that that natural imitation of that really fishes i, I can't th- say for sure why you know
1: i could say that that's probably relative because the when a fish looks at a perch he's like god damn it i'll eat you but I'm like might get stuck in my throat yep. you know what i mean like it, the, over you know, and over look at a
5: salamander and bass fishing look at how many bass pros fish salamanders in an area the chances are that bass has never ever seen a salamander and they will crush fish
1: or or a jigging pig or mm-hmm. <laughs> anything crazy like that. Nah, it's just I think a uh, trout, you know, shape round, or, cylindrical. Or, yeah, that that shape uh, versus you know, like I'm like I'm saying, the the fish they normally see that they might might not be so appeasing. Do you think it almost maybe even a sucker? The same has its nice cylindrical,
4: you know, sucker like body.
6: Trout sucker.
4: A trout sucker.
6: <clears throat> for, for me, between uh, a trout, a fall fish, and a sucker, that's that's the order in which I would uh, stratify them in terms of quality of, <laughs> of musky uh, bait and imitations. I've got a lot of big fish on Here, fall fish imitations, and I think that those are always a good thing to be imitating if the fish know what they are.
1: Hey, we could set this to rest real quick. You ain't got one of them fancy stores with uh, the fish tank with the trout in it, do you? Because you can no. have some fresh bait tomorrow.
3: <laughs> Send a
1: live trout out to this guy. We got plenty in PA. They raise them by the herds.
3: <laughs> I, I, I
6: would consider it for ice fishing. I, I, don't, uh, I don't dabble with uh, bait when, when I'm in fly mode. Oh, yeah.
1: No, I meant for the ice fishing. We, have, we could make it official. Then you could tell your buddies, yes, they eat trout. They like trout, trout only. <laughs> trout Even meat. like stock trout. Stock trout are a tasty, tasty a t- boy. Tasty though. meal, am. Yeah. Yeah. Big,
2: soft, dumb, and not pokey. A
1: little bit of aluminum flavor on them. But... Oh, aluminum foil flavor. Can't mm-hmm. beat it, bud.
2: So, Joe, you uh, you also went out and uh, chased another sort of predator out in the uh the big open blue water. Can you tell yes. us? Can you tell us about that a little bit? Because that I. I've been dying to hear about this.
6: Don't blow <clears throat> don't blow your spot though. <laughs> well uh, you know, the, the blue water, you know
3: blue,
6: blue water is wide open. Uh, so uh I'll 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 do a, a quick quick version of this. I had a chance to go out with a couple of musky fishing friends who had made this connection and there was a chance for bluefin tuna. And I'm, I'm just so like dead set and wanting to catch a bluefin tuna that I rounded up like all my biggest shit. I was at, at TNT. I, I grabbed a, a, a 16 weight blue water rod out of, uh, out of demo stock. And I had a, this reel that I had got when I worked at Cortland line and we distributed, uh, STH reels. It was a big gold 12 weight STH Caribbean, uh, um cork drag that i had never had any chance to have any reason to use this reel weighed like 16 ounces and i was like yep bringing up my like my Car- caribbean reel on this blue water rod and so like as we were driving out we were trying to see bluefin tuna breaking and and that didn't happen and uh i was pretty crestfallen and we started chumming for sharks which we expected to be blue sharks and i I basically kind of wa- waved off my chance to cast at the uh, sharks first and was like, go ahead, guys. Like if blue sharks come into view, you can tear those things apart. And after we chum for a while, uh, some, the, there's some seagulls out in the chum slick and they flew away. And it was like, uh, we think a, a shark is coming. And then, uh, and we had uh mackerel uh, dead mackerels with no hooks in them hanging under balloons. As uh, as another kind of indicator of when you had a shark coming, and and you know one the one of the balloons went under and and popped, and a shark had grabbed the uh, the mackerel there, and then the shark came up to the uh, the surface, and the the captain uh, of the boat that we were in, Jeremy, was like, oh, that's a mako shark, which was rare enough in uh, we were out off the coast of kind of northern Mass or southern Maine that uh, we didn't even know that, that was a possibility and when the thing poked its head out of the water and i could kind of like see the sharp like angled nose and the the big black eyes it was like oh my god that looks like a badass fish and i and i grabbed my we had all tied some shark flies i had like a nine-aught uh nine-aught fly that i had rigged up onto a steel that uh i had rigged up once we were sitting around chumming and we all threw our flies out and uh this fish looked like a ghost it kind of came in. it was about uh It was about a six and a half or seven foot Mako and it it swam around the boat and we could see it down like six, eight feet. It it looked at all of the flies and didn't take them. And then uh, it it circled the boat a couple times and came in and out of view. So for about 10 minutes, we all had flies kind of hanging on sink tips within view there next to the Mm -hmm. boat. And then, uh, you know, we, I I caught sight of it again. And from about, 25 feet out from the boat, from of the boat, it looked like it was locked in on my fly there in the water, <clears throat> and it it swam in slowly right towards my uh, fly. My fly was red and white slapping with some silver flash, and I saw the fish's nose kind of swim over the fly, and the fly disappeared. And it's like, how how do you hook a shark? <laughs> because I've never no done one. that. So <clears throat> I held the 16 weight with both hands and just turned like with the line under my hand. So I was squeezing it under both hands. This was like <laughs> both hands and my body, like <laughs> hook, hook this fish. And it just turned and m- m- this one didn't jump, but it just kind of sizz- sizzled off against a uh, full drag with the reel. And, uh, and then it just, uh, and then it just kicked everybody's ass in the boat. <laughs> I, I fought it for 45 minutes and I got it back within about 30 feet of the boat. It kind of came back in and did a lap around the boat. And then it went vertical. It, it just dove like, I don't know, two, 300 feet down. We were in 500 feet of water. And uh, after it started fighting vertical, I like, I, my back started to hurt and I was like, okay, I, I handed the rod off. You know, my two musky friends, you know, got tired. They handed the rod back to me. I got tired again. They got tired again. <laughs> the, the, <clears throat> the third time that I was fighting the fish, it uh it, the dorsal fin sawed through the leader beyond the bite guard. So we had that fish on for about eh, like a little bit over an hour, maybe. And then it, uh, then it came off.
2: So you got everything out of that fish you could ask for. Cause what, you can't take, you
1: can't lift it up and take a hero shot, right? So, <laughs> so a double handed trout set on sharks or what, 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 what was the technique there?
6: Yeah. You know, I, with the blue water rod, you've got a lot of rod, you know, the rods stiff and it's made to to provide some, you know, it's, you've got a lot of torque when you turn and yank on it to the side. So, uh, I'm still, I'm still not sure. You, you know, you kind of want, I feel like after catching a couple of blue sharks and then eventually on the last trip of the year, another Mako shark came in and I managed to hook that one and land that one. And, uh, it's, you know, seeing, seeing them up close is, is incredible. It's, it's not the same to to have that long distance release on that fish when you can, when you can see, uh, something like that up, up close and look at it is a pretty breathtaking, uh, thing. Even, even a blue shark is, is pretty cool. But, uh, after I did get to see someone else hook a Mako and, and saw them, you know, jump like probably easily 15 plus feet out of the water. And while traveling so fast, I, I, I'd love to see the jump from the side because they must cover like, you know, 50 feet in the air when they make a, a jump like that. That was just uh, mind-boggling to to see that sort of power and to watch what happens to your gear when you've got a fish that's that's in that uh, mode.
2: So, do you have more trips like that planned for the summer?
6: Yeah. You know, I've got this, uh, this blue water rod that I'm, uh, I'm working on designing at, uh, at TNT right now. That's a four piece, uh, travel, uh, 14 weight. And I expect to, what I really want is a bluefin tuna. I will, I will spend lots of, uh, probably empty days milling around on the ocean, hoping to, to see, uh, see some of those. It's either, you know, the, the big bluefin and the smaller ones that are the, uh, like the false albacore that's such a those are such cool fish to uh catch it's such a different challenge uh for me catching those things from shore in uh in early fall is about as you know as cool of a fly fishing challenge as you can have i
2: i got one more question for you for the mako before we before we move on to the Albies. (laughs) um do you have any goop uh shark flies in the works
6: no, but uh, with, the, with the shark flies, I had, a, I had a really good success rate at getting the sharks to eat the, uh, the flies that I was tying. And from a musky fishing perspective, there was definitely a lot of reading the body language of the fish and, uh, and trying to figure out what the best strategy for putting your fly, whether you're moving it or not, and at what depth you're getting it where you thought, you know, that that fish might be looking to bite something if they're, you know, swimming around in a a chum slick. All the sharks that I hooked, I hooked with no, no scent or no, you know, chum on my fly. And uh, one of the, one of the things that, and the last trip of the year, the, the other guys that uh, were in the group, I had, I had just, we had just released that Mako shark, I think. And I was like, did you guys use any head cement on your flies as you were tying them? And and they're all like, yeah, uh, they're kind of quiet. And uh, I never used any head cement on any of the flies that I was tying for the sharks because knowing that that's their strongest, you know, scent. <clears throat> you know, you're finding you out in the open ocean there by scent. I was just like, that must be really easy for them if you've got any cord of sort of like. Turn them
1: uh, off. Did you did you dip your uh, did you dip your fly in beef blood before you came out here, fellas? Let me let me <laughs> guess. Wait, wait. You dipped yours in pot didn't you? No. <laughs> but for real, that that's something I would have never thought about. Yeah, but they did, caught, right? They're, did your friends' flies catch?
3: Uh,
6: any any time that we all had our flies in the water, mine were the first ones that got uh, that got hit they They did uh get some, but we kind of had it seemed like we had to tease the sharks up a little bit more and get them more like fired up to hit some of those uh flies at times i i I do think that the the potential scent had a lot to do with that
4: so are you out you guys are out there with a captain and everything you you don't have a captain's license yourself
6: no no i'm not safe in i'm not safe in boats i'm I'm barely safe driving my uh my three uh horse evan rood
1: my uh I <laughs> can't even wave by myself.
6: On my, on my 12 foot, uh, Starcraft, but, uh, no, we've, I've got a, I've got a friend now who, I, he does some commercial tuna fishing and he's got, uh, he has a captain's license. He's got some experience. He doesn't really guide, you know, for them, but, uh, it's like, I've been fishing with the, uh, the same guy. I think I did four trips last year with him. Very cool.
2: Heck yeah, man. That, that sounds like a, a hoot. Um, back to the, uh, the Albies on the, from the shore. What what goes into fishing for them? I, that's something we we don't get to do here on in Western Pennsylvania. It,
6: with the <clears throat> even though there's times where from boats it can be pretty easy, the shore fishing is never easy. We're trying to intercept those fish to just come flying past you, uh, you know, br- usually breaking, chasing belt, uh, belting minnows, chasing minnows around, and uh, you know it's a whole you know it's like taking eight weight and having to be able to put your fly down and turn over like a 12 foot leader, potentially in the wind at like 70 to a hundred feet and getting only one or two chances to make that presentation. And then tucking your rod under your arm and pulling your fly with both hands as fast as you possibly can back to you. It's uh, it's, it's so it's just like with musky fishing where it's just like, man, the conditions were great today. And like, everything was great. And just like, nothing happened, you know, the, the frustrations of it kind of build up for when good things happen, there's like that, you know, extra gratification, and for me, the, the shore, uh, false albacore fishing is, uh, is that same sort of, you know, the chances are fleeting, it's really demanding for the angler, and when you, you know, stick, stick one from shore, and they fly out way into your backing, it's, you know, you can just give yourself a pat on the back, because, you know, you don't, you don't need a whole pile of Instagram likes to know that you're doing something badass when you uh, make that happen.
2: So with your false albacore flies, do you have a differing opinion about the eye size? Are you throwing big eyes on your flies for them?
6: I've always got eyes on the, uh, on the flies for tuna for sure. Um, just, I try to, I try to make them match the uh, for, for the tuna. I'm trying to make the, flies look exactly like the food sources they're hitting usually bay anchovies
2: nice um you got a trip coming up can uh can you tell us what goes into going to south america
6: uh to... i'm i'm very fortunate to have a, a friend of mine lance will who's got a who's got some experience in south america and is kind of letting me this will be the third year that i'll be Kind of bumming along, doing uh, uh, this uh, a trip that he uh, hosts down there for uh, for a week when uh, there aren't other people down there with him. So it's it's a really nice opportunity for me to have a week out of the office. And I think last year I I landed 70 migratory browns, not ocean fish, but uh, really big inland uh, fish, fishing public water, uh, wade fishing every day uh really lot of uh a uh, lot of distance uh covering water on foot and uh catching fish that were like 20 maybe twenty, twenty-one 21 to 29 inch really that healthy beautiful wild uh migratory brown trout that live in a 2000 foot deep lake and then are are running up into steep uh really steep tributaries which dictates that the fish that successively spawn can handle those really powerful, uh, water conditions. And so they're, they're brown trout that fight like steelhead who come flying out of the water and are, uh, very powerful and healthy.
2: So since you're going in the springtime, correct? Mm-hmm. Is that, the, is that the, I was going to say, is that the fall in South America and the, are they going on their, uh, their spawning runs?
6: Yes. So, so those are fish that are, that are, uh, it would be similar to like, uh, in the Finger Lakes in New York, you've got those really big, deep lakes and you've got, uh, you know, the big tributaries that come in and, uh, you know, it's, it's not, not quite the, the size scale of the Great Lakes fishery, but it's still, you know, big lake fish in pretty good sized water and big rivers.
2: Man, that sounds cool as hell. Um, is there a reason you guys aren't on drift boats at all or is it just cause you don't have them down there or?
6: personally, i'd I'd rather walk. You know, I, I like to uh, I, I love to wade and I like to be I like the challenge of being on foot. For me, be, having that place that I'm fishing down there being public water where there's other like little Chilean guys that are, you know trucking up and down the shore that you have to compete with. For me, it's much more satisfying to get the fish that way than to be on some you know private estancia, you know, where you're getting spoon fed the uh, the fish. the the fishery I'm fishing, guys local people catching one of those migratory fish in a day are stoked to get one, you know? So, you know, to go and cherry pick 70 of those fish in, in like five days is, you know, was uh, very, very gratifying, uh, especially after, you know, working, you know, <clears throat> even though I'm designing fly rods, I'm, I'm in an office, you know, pretty much nine to five, most, you know, full weeks.
4: What's the uh, primary style of fishing for you down there? Is it swinging flies, stripping, you know, or you anything,
6: whatever? Well, the, uh, the, those fish being that they're, you know, the brown trout don't die after they spawn. So they, you know, they might be running four or five, you know, six or more times through the same waters. They only seem, the the bigger, smarter ones seem to hold in the places that the people can't cover with the traditional tactics, which for flies is swinging flies down and across in the wind. And for the lower anglers, it's throwing like big black and gold rapalas or spoons down and across and swinging them through the pools. And the places where fish can hold that you can't cover with a down and across uh, presentation is the soft water padding against cliff walls when the water runs right tight against like steep uh, sheer faces like that and at the very lip of spill holes where the water you know kind of spills over and creates a hydraulic lip going into a pool and those are both places that uh sort of the same way I fish for walleyes with uh with uh, line jig tactics I can uh punch flies and stall them out in places that uh those fish are comfortable so that's that's how I was fishing was uh, for there's a TNT rod I designed that's a steelhead sized nymph rod that's a ten foot eight inch six weight fast action single hand rod and that's really nice down there for the thing that I just described.
2: So down uh, down there is there anything bycatch like up up in your home where you have walleye is there mm-hmm. anything bycatch down there that is pretty cool and different that we we get to see around here.
6: Uh, n- not where I was. There's some awesome, th- I mean, South America is such a cool place with, uh, you know, with, with the terrain and some of the different species, like, like, uh, golden Dorado and, uh, you know, they've got King salmon running in from the, from the, uh, ocean down there. Like they might have in Alaska, but the place that I, I, uh, my buddy Lance caught a Chilean perch, uh, that, uh, it was he wasn't talking a lot about, but I never got to see a picture of it.
3: That <laughs> Didn't I
2: would, happen.
6: <laughs> I would have been interested to to see the Chilean perch myself.
2: That would be cool to see. I, I have no idea what one of those looks like.
6: No.
2: Um it, Do you get see any cool wildlife while you're down there? Are there any mountain goats or cool stuff yeah, like that? Uh, <laughs> the,
3: the
6: coolest thing that I saw down there for me by far was uh, condors. Which, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it would be like a eagle with like a 10 foot wingspan. Pterodactyl. Yeah. Like the the first time I saw a condor fly, fly over the, the adjacent hillside towards me, I looked up at it and I was like, good Lord, that's a huge bird. Like, what the hell? Are you serious? All the brown. But, you know, right away I was like, oh, that has to be a condor because it's, you know, to see a bird, you know, with a, about a nine or 10 foot wingspan up in the air is like, you know, it's you know, it's like double, si- double the size of an eagle. It's like a double-sized bald eagle in the air.
2: So, are there mountain lions down there?
6: I've heard I've heard that there are, but just like where they are here, no one ever sees them. Okay, yeah, that
2: that's one thing. Luckily, here in western Pennsylvania, we don't have to worry about big apex predators.
1: Just bears and yeah, they're black eat, bears. Eat wow. your garbage and stuff, you know, regular stuff.
6: Yeah. Yeah, there it uh you know, it's a really arid climate down there where I was where it didn't uh, you know, it didn't feel as it didn't feel very dangerous. Just all like, you know, like uh um uh, like cattle, cattle farmers walking, you know, riding around on on like mules wearing ponchos. Very <laughs> like the things that you would envision for for South America. I think there's some strong stereotypes that are pretty accurate about about some things.
2: It was like watching Three Amigas. I know that was Mexico, but
6: yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a total gringo. I'm like I'm a I stand stand out, ab, absolute you know no no ablo. you
3: no know. <laughs> Just saying, see see.
1: <laughs> yeah, nah, no, that's awesome, man. Uh, brown trout like uh like that. We don't all get to. Jason tries like hell, but
4: no, yeah, we don't all get to
1: fish and the shit them, right yeah. there. Oh no, we see so the I, pick. So. I
6: wanna, I wanna talk about musky musky stuff a little bit uh, more. We we only touched on that for a moment. Yeah, yeah,
1: man, let's yeah, go for it. On it. You were on a roll yeah. there before it got too cold, right?
6: I had a I had a pretty good fall, even though it got it got super cold early, and. Uh, I, I bought some side imaging. I bought a, uh, I bought electronics and that's the first time in my life I've ever used anything that told me what the depth was or what the water temperature was. And, uh, so I got to look at this nice uh, side imaging unit on water where I've caught maybe 80 purebred, purebred muskies or, you know, between myself and other people in in my uh, boat in the fall and that was a pretty pretty eye-opening uh thing the seeing where the bottom structure changed that helped me understand why certain places were where the where bites from adult fish happened or you know what places were more uh productive and i guess seeing the uh seeing the the edges where where you've got current coming into pools and you've got uh, steep edges dropping out into the depth of the, where the current is. I definitely found that, uh, where you have deep edges, uh, with current moving along them, that the biggest fish that I've caught seem to have been, you know, hanging in areas where their side is kind of adjacent to the ledge edge. Facing upstream. Okay. And, uh, And being able to see where, you know, where the deepest points are, where the where the depth is for the fall fishing and seeing where you have structure, you know, where trees are kind of extending out in the water adjacent to depth. Those those are kind of more intuitive places where even without electronics, you can see like, okay, like I'm fishing kind of this area where this tree is. But the uh, the areas up at the top ends of deep water, uh where you have like a what you might feel like is a wintering pool and you've got uh you know as the current is moving through that you have where you have the deepest water i find that focusing on the on the upstream edge of it and the most dynamic places on the bottom where that current is moving over changing uh bottom you know angles more so than structure those are the places that I think the uh, the biggest, you're going to find the biggest fish, when they want to bite something, when they're in the mode, when their body's comfortable and they're in the mo- mode to feed, I think that uh, th- those uh, kind of depth edges at the top end of big wintering holes is you know where, you know, you got to put a lot of time in to get those fish to bite. But, uh, you know, if you're going to get those fish, <clears throat> those big top end fish to eat, I think that's where you're most likely to find that uh happen and as far as my fall fishing this year went uh the three biggest fish that i got two of them eight flies that were uh hanging right in front of me next to the boat finishing up uh well intentionally finishing up presentations but uh you know uh stalling the flies out when they first come into view i had uh a a, a thick 45 and a 46 and a half, uh, fish and evening and morning back to back apart that both ate about a rod length away the fly coming into view.
1: Figure pause.
3: So, yeah,
6: I didn't, uh, I didn't catch, I don't think I caught any fish figurating this season. And, uh, <clears throat> I didn't spend hardly any time doing any boat side maneuvers, uh, during, uh, the fall or the whole season really for, uh, For that matter, it's it's not it's something that I intentionally try to do as much as I can out in the water and to create a tempo of a presentation that invites the fish to bite it when it's not in my lap, which still happens. But uh, I feel like it's more likely to happen doing the slow pauses that I do next to the boat because I fish the flies, you know, out with, you know, really slow staggered presentations before that
5: so just out of curiosity because excuse me i i love getting a fish into where i can see it and start playing cat and mouse what Mm -hmm. is it with you why do you prefer them to eat out there
6: well a lot of those eats i still see you know they you know it might be when you first just start to see the fly come into view or even before that but you know seeing that blast of the white mouth and the fish you know coming into view you know, coming right at you a lot of the uh, time. For me, I like to see those bites where the fish bites the fly on its terms, where it's like it sets up on it and then it does that kill move that is like j- just what it wants to do. Not that I don't like when a muskie latches onto my fly right off of my rod tip, but, you know, there, you know, you're when you're teasing the fish up, it's not biting the thing the way it wants to, it's kind of biting it the way you're making it to, if it does choose to bite it at that point. Bo- yeah. both, both of them are cool.
1: I mean, oh, no, you're... unless bites your fly, it's awesome. Saying your strip, how it's <laughs> how your strip is really slow, it's any time is almost, you know what I mean, instead of the, the end of the cast, is, is your pauses continue through the end of your cast, you know what I mean?
6: My strip isn't slow, my pauses are long. You know, I'm I'm still that fly is still kicking and I'm I'm trying to do the same thing as a glide bait is where it kind of gets extra momentum going forward and is forced to kind of pile up in one direction or, or another to because with the you know, when you're talking about the foam in the back of the flies, I often or not often, I always have foam and I have keel weighting that's going to those keel weights, especially if you have multiple keel weights on the underside of the shank it re if you have one keel weight it oftentimes is going to create a rotation point where the fly wants to rotate and kick to the side if you have multiple keel weights in line on your shank it invites the fly to carry further forward and so uh I, i i bounce back and forth between these uh these two things but uh having a fly that has multiple keel weights you know kind of in the middle to the back and three quarters of the way towards the front where you take the same amount of weight you might be able to put in one, you spread it out with two smaller ones. It's a great way to, uh, to build a fly on a shank that you want to have that long gliding uh, carrying motion in the water.
2: And you had also mentioned uh, that the gear guys that fish the glide baits like you're trying to emulate, they give the rod a long sweeping pull, uh, are you doing a jerk strip basically with your rod tip or are you doing it all with just a, the stripping motion?
6: I'm not doing a j although I'm not doing a jerk strip because it invites shitty hook sets. Yes, it does where you, you get your rod to the side and you know, you, then suddenly a fish had bit your fly and you're just, you know, intentionally trout setting on it because that's what you're yeah, catching up slack. Can make do. So no, I you know, I I am always pointing my rod tip straight at where my line is coming. And one thing that I do is as I'm stripping the line and my, I usually, my rod tip's always like maybe 18 inches in the water. And I use this, uh, there's a TNT musky rod. The, the TNT predator rod is nine feet, four inches. That, guy's short. And, uh, that rod has a, has a nice long stiff tip. And although I'm not doing a, a jerk strip to the side, I'll often be kind of, pulling down hard with the rod tip at the same time that i'm making my strip and kind of using a little bit of the rod to over over push the fly and let it kind of create a kick out mm-hmm.
5: yep. funny, funny story about that musky rod this last year beast of the east tournament chad and i had someone join us and he had one well, poor guy didn't get the fish to fish the thing for two days after i picked that rod up
6: That the you know I've I've fished it for a couple of years now and I don't think I would change a thing about that. I I that's love a, that's an that impre-
5: rod. A very impressive stick. It's just the ability to throw you know even doubles with it's just, it just it's effortless at figure eights well I mean you can really bury into that rod. It's got a good backbone to it.
6: Yep, that's it's a it's a rod that I I trust to be durable. That I, when I go out, I only bring one rod with me since I've been uh, fishing. That one is the only times I've seen that rod broken is with two guys in the boat where you both like haul at the same time, just smash the rods together. I have uh, I have broken one of those with uh, my buddy Cam Chaffee. Uh, just we both like loaded rods at the same time, <laughs> bashed them together, and broke one. Hmm.
1: Fishing trip slowed down for a little bit <laughs> that that had to suck i also had had a trip with cam where the fish lit up right at
6: uh right around dusk and we got a couple fish to bite as it was getting dark and he hooked one as it was dark and bit both side and thing was thrashing and i just grabbed the net and scooped right through the fish and was like yeah i got it and he was like oh nice man you just broke my rod with the net I was, like, I was like, I had no idea where your rod was. It was like dark out. Whoops.
1: <laughs> you got it though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah,
6: I got the fish. No problem.
1: Yeah.
2: There's minor details after that. Yeah. What's you a bad were... fishing for the day, right? What's a broken rod between friends?
6: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's a, a good, that's a good, uh, Cam makes for some good, Cam is a former youth world fly fishing champion. He's a very fishy Uh, kid, or not kid now, I guess he's over, he's probably 22 years old. He's one of my favorite, uh, favorite musky fishing partners.
2: So Joe, uh, is there anything that we haven't hit on that you would like to?
6: No, you know, if you, uh, try to keep it within a range of time where, uh, people don't, uh, mind listening to uh, all that crap. So if you, uh, that's getting to that, uh, point, I don't mind you guys wrap it up.
2: <laughs> all righty man we we just don't want to have to That's keep you. A good way to put it <laughs> we just don't want to keep you on a sunday for too go awful long you know what i mean
6: no this is no this is fun this is fun for me i'm glad you guys uh invited me to uh to do this uh again hope you uh managed to uh
1: capture and record this one this time we're gonna keep it it's going oh, on a yellow string the other but... one was up for
5: quite a while
1: yes yeah. It got some listens, but, but now there's more, uh, I think a little more interest in the show and, and definitely people want to hear from you, you're, you're catching all the fish, man.
2: That's one of the biggest things I get is, hey, you guys interviewed Joe Goodspeed, where, where can we find it? And I have, to, I have to give the shruggy shoulders emoji back, it's like, <laughs> I don't know guys, it's, it's gone, it, gone for the ages, so I'm glad, for, or glad that you took the time to come back and, uh, and make us whole again.
6: No worries.
2: Actually, next week we'll be whole because when we lost yours, we also lost our uh, our interview with Bob White, yeah the the painter, and he's coming mm-hmm. he's coming on next week, and then we'll be whole. Sounds good. Yes, sir. So hey, Joe, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, we appreciate it. That was a fun talk.
6: Thanks, guys. that was uh that was fun for me. I appreciate uh having you invite me back.
5: Yeah well, great info, thanks, Joe.
2: Joe is so much fun to talk to. Man, I could talk to him all day.
1: Work. Always interesting. Yeah, definitely. Different concept. Yeah. He, hey, he, picture, he, picture your sinking line. Just picture this. Picture the sinking line it's down my, there. It's in my brain. Now now you're creating a a whole loop in the you see what I'm saying? So depending on when you strip and how fast you strip where you're you know, what I mean, you create like that anchor point to the bottom mm-hmm. to swing up. That's different, different thought on it. So, hey, I love anyone that thinks outside of
2: the box, and he does it and does it well. It, yeah, he's just not a guy who just, uh, you know, oh this
4: guy does it. Oh, I'm just gonna throw this fly on. This works for everybody else, and I'm just gonna do it this way because it works for everybody else. I'm gonna do it how I think it will work the best for
2: me. Yeah, he does it his way, and it and it works.
3: Yeah, and he has a rhyme and a
2: reason behind it. So we uh. We didn't go to Beverly Hills today, but we did the next best goddamn thing. We went for a trout float, boys. (laughs)
4: It's fun. Anytime we're floating, it doesn't matter where it's at, what it's floor. As long as we're floating in a boat, it's always fun.
5: Would have been a lot more fun
1: with less wind and about four more inches of water. When that wind started about 10 Mm o'clock, it just started ripping. It 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 came out of nowhere and just started ripping. Yes.
2: And it stayed. I committed the cardinal sin first thing this morning. <laughs> yes, as soon, soon as did. I took
1: over rowing.
4: Yes you did. Back over.
2: I forgot beers. You rode today.
4: Yeah, right when it started <laughs> getting windy again, remember? He rode the first seventy five yards. After yeah.
5: after lunch.
4: <laughs> and then I and then I stopped and then I started again. And it got windy.
2: And then you cried, Oh, it's so windy. I didn't
4: cry. I sure? Said, I said, you guys wait till this happens to you,
3: <laughs> or you guys
4: get to ruin this shit.
5: Oh, we did.
4: But yeah, Chad shows up at my house, and he's like, uh, dude, I forgot like nine beers. Yeah, I was like,
2: I got nine beers in my garage. As of right now, they're all gone, but they weren't gone today while we were floating. Yeah, so he's like, do you
4: have any beers? Thank God I didn't kill any more the night before. So I had seven beers. I had one beer on the float today. One? So Mark and I killed all the other ones?
5: I had two. So that means you had four.
4: No way. I had two or three. Why do you no. think you almost fell out of the boat? No, I had two. Or, <laughs> I had three. I thought I had three. Yeah, It was only three. Somebody else. You had two,
2: Chad. I did not. I had one.
5: I had two.
4: Because
2: I had the one there when we were... Uh, There's no fucking way. Absolutely. Yep. Wonder- you guys are full of shit.
5: No. No, because I had that one whenever
2: we were eating, and then I had Chad get me one
5: when
1: I was around. That was it. No,
4: there was the,
1: the, the fish, you guys the eat fish drank a beer what? somewhere? What were you eating today? Sheets, hot dogs. Oh, you damn right. Leftover pizza. There you go. There, yes, winning. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: So yeah, like Jay said, the, the float started out cold, man. It was icy. It was freezing. Cold. Oh, uh, well, you better believe it. <laughs> yeah, man. But it was supposed to be the nicest day we've had in a long time. So we got an early start and we pushed through a lot of water. Well, to get to good water. You guys dropped me off and, you know, I, I
3: started
4: casting and right away it was all, you know, ice and the guides and so immediately we're like, eh, we'll move down a little bit. A lot of this water, especially at the water level we were fishing today, wasn't going to be worth anything. So, that there's one seam before you actually get to any decent water, which isn't too far, but... You guys, you know, you were like, oh, look at that, the one seam on the left side. But yeah. that's about the only good fishable water, especially at that water level. So we got down there, got out, fished a while, and then like I said it was at the, at the water level. It was a lot of fit water we could just move over, and know we can move over and not be, you know, not
2: not look, be counterproductive.
4: Yeah, we'll not be look back and be like, oh, we could have been fished fish there. Could have you should have fished this. We, you know, there was a lot. It was. The pockets were the pockets today, so.
2: I will tell you that first spot we got out and uh, fished, my waders started leaking then.
5: Mm. Jeez. (laughs) I tell you what, you can spend half an afternoon in that last 400 yards. Yeah. Yeah,
4: we- that that whole that one's that one long stretch right there in the bottom end. Yeah, I, you can't not go there, and I have to see that now every time I go there.
5: We we should we should save a little time at the end for that. That's and why we was trying up. to push so much at the beginning. I'm, I'm talking right dang near to takeout that yeah. last long run. Oh there, yeah, I mean you can anchor up in that pool and spend a good solid hour plus up and down it.
4: Even where we anchored up, we 30, you, 30 you, yards. 30, 20, I mean, 20 yards in, into the into the stretch where we
5: anchored up at. And that spot up above where I last fish of the day came out and ate at, I mean, that was one there that you just saw that seam come right down, and I was like, you know, if if, if I can get the fly to just ride this seam, and it sure enough was, too. And that I mean, usually isn't them, that fishable. That's a doggone good-looking spot there. you were like shallow, 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 and then boom, drops off into a bucket that had
2: to have been like five, six foot, just like Joe was describing about the muskie in the wintering holes, the most diverse, Mm -hmm. like portion of the the water coming into it. Trout skis. And you know what I uh, what I noticed though, which
5: what what we did see was close to the head of the fastest water. Mm -hmm. It was closest to the white water, like that fish there, that one I missed at the end, eight. Dang
1: near up, you know, at the end of a white water. Catching everything that, we, that made a mistake.
2: That fish we caught up, uh, we up high towards. Jay's was lower than the one you caught, but the one you caught was that's right, up high. was yeah.
4: Yeah, not, I mean, not much there. We were, we didn't move. How long's your boat? Thirteen feet, thirteen five. It was thirteen feet lower.
5: Well, <laughs> you got to take into consideration right now with it being that low. They're either going to be super deep where they can't, or they're going to be in water where they're getting a lot of ripple over. So there's a lot of Cover there for them, and they can tuck in.
4: Well, we did once we hit that spot
5: though, where the only two
4: fish we caught today, and you had a couple move below that. But we we had, man look at the fish, and you're like, we caught a couple brook trout, and this is right below where a, a stream comes in that Chad and I've been catching some brook trout as well. Some babies. Some some smaller brook trout, and it was like, boom! Immediately brook trout, you know, hits hits a nice streamer, and Mark catches one, and I'm like. It had beautiful spots on it. Oh, the fins were in it. it was if we would have caught that fish in the Little Creek. <laughs>
2: in Little Creek. We would have been king of the world.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought it was
3: four yeah, with a fly rod. Exactly. <laughs> I am like, king. You would have like, oh, shit, look at this one
2: Like
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. That
2: hit my hopper dropper. Yeah.
3: Hit my dropper
4: yeah. hopper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and they were they were good sized birk trout. I mean they weren't huge, huge fish, but for birk trout they were good sized. Nice fish.
2: How b- marks they were what? Let's take s- over and under. Sixty percent wild. Marks uh, nine to eleven inches. I
4: said nine to ten, yeah, even nine, ten, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're right. pretty big in them pictures. And yours
2: was twelve to
4: thirteen? I thought they were pretty close to the same size.
2: Really? Yeah. Twelve. Right? No, yours yeah. was definitely bigger. Yours mm-hmm. was definitely bigger. Huh. I was gonna say eleven, twelve for I yours. I mean, yeah, those are that's those are giant burk trout. That's a giant fish. Yeah. Oh and yeah, you guys.
5: Somebody somewhere will end. definitely be chuckling. Listen to that part.
2: I'm sure. Hi, Pat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but
2: it, they
4: both ate streamers. One ate a, but like yours was probably two inch peach
5: uh, yeah, I was yeah, it was just going small and natural today. the... Yep. Little peach it was junker,
1: real clear. Peach head, dumbbell eyes. That's it. Mark, Mark's, your your fish looked better.
2: Oh, yeah.
4: It was
1: definitely prettier. It was a male.
2: See, I think your fish
1: looked prettier, Jay, I, with the big brown face. It's got a char look. His yeah. really yeah. got the char look. Yours got the pop of a like a... I noticed th- that
5: big bright red
1: Oh, it's spot. got the salmon yeah. spots. Yeah, down Jay's side. fish
2: kind of reminded me of Shakira. Where Mark's fish reminded me of Amy Adams. It had ass or what? What is what, Jason fish A little, dark, little darker complexion, sexier. Maybe from South ass. America. I, I and
3: Mark's you know, fish I is like,
2: like a, a blazing white ginger. I felt like
3: Mark's was <laughs> probably
1: a male and that one was probably a female. So, so caught. you mean like a, a fresher look? Is is that's how I look at fish? I the dark complexion versus the. You know, you get that lighter, whiter. You're right.
5: That mine would have a lot more of a fresher look where yep. that other one was more yep.
1: held over. That I'm one, sure. <laughs> yes. Ran <laughs> through the mud.
5: Yeah. That one had been hung up years ago. It was just hanging around.
1: It has been eating, eating uh, that gluten-free. Yeah. It is nice and He's clean. He's been out in the big river for a little while. But, you know,
5: we've caught so many of them in there, and you guys always said Are these native. No, oh, that's no, crazy. no. And I was like, now I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait a second. In relative... And now, is is it just that big of a coincidence that we caught him literally 40 yards from the mouth of a brook trout stream? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that would you have know? to be the biggest coincidence I mean, to them, two two them, once really? they maybe reach a certain point... Then they just filter their way back out into that stream, and then that's where they grow bigger. Then,
2: yeah, that's kind of w- because how I think you feel. know
5: what it, I mean. I, after we had that first fish a couple years ago, wherever it was a year ago, I even looked to see they don't stock brook trout up through no. the top portion. Pins
1: are pretty full it's nowhere, away. no,
5: <gasps> they don't stock brook trout anywhere around that, Mm-mm. so there is really no stock brook trout
3: Mm-mm.
5: in that system. And well, you- in all reality. The, the,
4: and the one, the, that seam, that certain seam in that in that stretch of the creek, uh, there's another uh, larger spring-fed creek that pours into it right above it. So even if they were to come out of that smaller stream, right above it is pushing a ton of spring water we, into there. Where if they stay on that that left side of that water, you could feel it. I've been in there in this in the early summer, and you could feel where some of the water be a little warmer on the main stream. But where that's pouring in is still 50-some degrees, and they could still tuck on that side and stay there all year.
5: What, what we ought to do, too, just to get a little more of it, is go up on the upper portion. The bridge we put in at, you can go up further, and then there's another spot.
4: I know. But you got to take out a bunch. you got to take the boat out of the water a bunch. Do you? Yeah, and talk to people about it. Yeah. Mm. yeah it like
5: you're only talking like a mile and a half or two.
4: Start to get. I guess it's a lot of laydowns. A little different. I don't know. You you can drive up that dirt road. And Y'all, I've looked at it. It looked okay. Yeah.
2: It does look okay. <laughs> it looks okay. I've
5: I've and looked at be, it. That'd be worth on the upper part. You know, if you get a lot of rain, you know the lower just going to be way too much and you can't do it. That'd Maybe way to make that upper one last a little longer. Because it is if we that, that waters up, you can through that we talked He's
4: <laughs>
1: going first day of trout
2: or what Jason. speaking Jason. of this to throw
1: it
4: no 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 listen we we uh, Chad and i uh, had an it? idea of hey this year if you if if you have youth oh, mentor day yeah if you have uh, uh, before actually one one thing i want to get to be, be, yeah if you me, yeah to today Jay. youth mentor day is uh april
1: from holding his nose april yeah april
4: 11th uh this year it's the day before easter so if you if you can mentor a kid take him out fishing these jackasses can talk all the shit they want but if you want to be a good good mentor or a good human being just take a kid out fishing that's the day you can take a kid out you know uh pretty sure you have to have jace you have to have a license and everything Yeah, go get a license
1: like mark said it'd be a donation Good stuff. for the good but for the process. You know, we and had, the had a kid's great, license. Another was free.
4: Thing. we had a great time doing it last year. We'll, Chad and I thought about we this. we had a, a killer idea, and that would be the first day that I could put the raft back on the. the creek. You could
1: fish your raft on all different water.
4: You know, no, but with with the kids, I caught stock trout
1: today. They just didn't
4: look like the trout you caught. Oh, I know, I understand that, but I'm but we could
2: take the kids on the float. And have them throw rooster tails and Joe's flies and beat up everything.
4: Oh, no, if you're doing, as Chad if you're doing, catches another twenty-five incher and
1: puts it on a stringer. Well, no, if you're if you're doing that, there's a way better place to go do that. It's got starts with cover, and ends with bridge. Yeah, but that's <laughs> a
2: good that's a good place too. But the kids don't won't get the uh the thrill of being in
1: the boat. Oh, you'll be in the boat. We can put the raft in there. That's you know what I mean. Start or like a place you know what I mean. So you're not disrupting other things, but
2: oh, we want to disrupt everything. <laughs>
1: I mean, you could go there. Chase, do mark. I look like Spot all the way? Do
2: I look like someone doesn't want to disrupt something?
1: Yeah, that would be the that would be the way to go. Yeah, right there. But then I could fish yeah, for got, wild
2: got, fish
4: while my kids are fishing no, for not <laughs> even all even the other it. fish.
1: No, you'll be breaking shit off in the leaves and the weeds and. I did it before, and it was a great time. I'm just saying, you got to let them give them some room to cast. Get the get the casting effect. You know what I mean? Unless you're, you could take them with the fly rod there, even both places. No, I'll no, take Joe's, Joe's fly, dude. Joe's fly.
4: We took him with the, I took Riley down through there with Joe's fly last year and made a ball and caught a bunch of fish. This was just a few weeks after, like a month after.
1: Do you want to catch a big goldie or
4: not? I. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. We could have the f- prime prime spot at every goldfish bout there, man. Just
2: drop the anchor. <laughs> oh,
4: you damn right. We're just going to drop the anchor. Uh, what the hell? So,
2: do you, the Nolan and Riley, if you see a banana swimming in the water, you tell <laughs> yeah, us so, right now.
1: <laughs> swing your lure here. Oh no, they're in they're in the same places they're always at.
4: Man. Oh, we went to our first day of trout spot last year with her. Maybe we peeled like three or four fish, like, back. Back, not even in the far out, like, not in the deep hole that runs underneath that uh, root to, and everything, like, in the to back hole.
1: They where they used to stock that they don't stock no more, just for shits and oh, giggles for Chattop, people to you have can't, a grand day.
4: You can't walk up that that road no more,
1: either.
2: Yeah, where we used to go fishing on first day of trout?
1: Oh, yeah. It's yeah, all posted now. Uh, posted, schmosted.
2: You can't walk... Well,
4: you can You could probably walk the edge, but you can't... I guess you can't walk up the...
2: Why is it? It's posted.
3: That was signs. always... There was like a...
2: There was never signs that said posted, no right trespassing. Yeah. Right on that gate? Yeah. Yes.
1: Or right by that bridge? Yeah, the man.
2: gate and the whole way across to the river's edge. Posted. On both sides of the road.
1: Gate to the water? Yes. Yeah. Huh. So it looks like we gotta walk on this side of the gate. Oh, we have to do the dreaded take the boat, Jay. <laughs> take the <laughs> boat. Jay. Yeah, I, I, that sucks though. But
4: or you'd have to walk up, maybe park up top and walk down through off the opposite side, like listen. where that guy used to fish. No, yeah, that's
2: because that was his house. Listen, no, listen <laughs> <to this. laughs> that was because that was his house. <laughs> when I, when <laughs> I, he did come kid. down what there and sucker some fish. How do I know that? No above where we you fished
1: there last used time. To fish, yeah, I guess
2: you you went through there last week with your buddies.
1: I used uh, to fish. I used
4: below to below the below that uh, the bridge. Uh, yeah. My yeah. grandpa
1: would pull his van back in there It'd, and sleep tear there. down.
2: Would he tear down uh, posted signs? No, no. <laughs>
1: I'm talking about like you. he would eat him back if he did that. Hey, you know the little bridge, the yeah. like the bridge that crosses the creek. That he would talk. You know, knew the people, and then that was like old logging road back then. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Sawmill. Uh, so yeah, he, he got the park right back there. They'd be like back there cooking. First day of trout was lit when I was a kid. I don't care what nobody says. Bring that back. make trout great again.
2: I've worked the first day of trout for the last ten years. i don't I haven't done it, man. Are you taking the the mentor day off? I'm gonna
4: have to see you went
1: and I', I might. If not I'll take
2: all your kids out again. Oh second day. you want me to work. It's on a Saturday. You know who watches my son on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. You know what? You go ahead and work, Chad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You're right. You know, you're
3: right. You're right. Yeah, my dad
1: and I got it.
2: I'm just saying. You want me to work. Your kid will catch 15 fish
4: again. Don't worry. I got his back.
1: (laughs) It's all weather dependent, though. I
4: already bought like six Joe's flies just every time I go to Walmart. I just walk by there. They catch your eye, don't they? I just buy one or two every time I go anywhere. I went up. We went to the... uh, a little bait shop up that area, and, uh, and we were in there getting our licenses printed out. My dad needed one, and like, oh, well, there's some Joe's Flies on the wall, too. Grab like, three of them. He had some different ones. The ones Put with these the on big, with his license. The ones with the big bell on the top, like, that have the weight on them. Oh, yeah, because they, they get down quick.
1: Oh, you're by the big boys. First. Oh yeah, why we didn't did have those when yeah, we were dude? kids? We no. had to add the split yeah, shot. oh up, yeah,
4: bro. that's even that's like Mark even Corona more effective. Streamer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> same same, just
1: same not, idea. Yeah,
4: one more way. Swing that thing and pop it one time, kid. As soon as you pop it, let it just fall. Get ready to rip. It. It's gonna get it's gonna get crushed. I, oh, can't, it, I can't wait. Some for that of my day. biggest
1: trout fell to that, and I ain't. it's no bullshit. And that or or rappella. so hands down they're. The big ones, in in a case of sense of stocked fish, predatory like that, they're eating that shit. Curious or whatever it is, they're eating it.
2: Uh, back when they used to stock right that by... batten and jigs. Back when they used to stock right by Ricky's house, I used to catch them so much on the little uh, Rebel Craw crankbait. Oh, dude, Just I was stealing And jig it right in front of their face. That should be illegal. Oh, I know. We, I went down there and Trav and Doug were throwing a uh, Marabou jigs. That was the and learning. they couldn't catch shit. Oh, I was dude, like, oh I, dude, you guys need one of these crawfish crankbaits.
1: Yeah, that's uh, uh to learn all that stuff to see the trout. See, there's plenty of times we got to, you know, like mark you and see the fish. You see the fish, how they're reacting helps with fishing, no doubt about it.
2: It does. Yeah,
4: especially when you get a little, you know, where they're actually gonna lay
1: know how you they're think, gonna you eat think, it
4: you think you know <laughs> you think you have an idea it gives
1: you a little bit more advantage at least you know when you're throwing your rebel craw you, you got high hopes Well,
5: that's a benefit to having to fish all this water for how long have we had you
2: know
1: sure we've
5: oh, learned yeah. these little things and now we should
2: speaking of that i'm gonna tie a fly that looks like a rebel craw crankbait you, <laughs> you
3: just did they
1: were they were not okay, but they're okay. Oh, (laughs) those sculpins... Dude, if you
5: did that with, like, How did those swim? Like, like a small A-Rex 26 degree downturn with, like, two shanks off the back. Just real small.
3: How did your flies swim, bud?
1: They swim great. With split shots? No, I didn't... (laughs) I'm just joking. No, I cut
2: cut off a chunk of my old (laughs) musky line that... Have you never done that before? I've done it.
1: Very... (laughs) But I'm I'm never going to Mark but got super offended. No, it's just like <laughs> creep me some weight. It's down. like
5: almost like you've Did never you, heard of it. No, it's like
1: oh well, I don't I try to not take my fish pond pack with me when I go streamer trout fishing, you know, with lead in it. You have to. Oh, no, no I, I, got, got, I got
3: I got I need to order
5: more. I try to always take even when I'm small now. Oh, if that fly's flies not getting as deep as I want it, them. slap some lead up that leader.
1: I think Heck yeah. But they
5: still eat it. All, all the time. all
1: flies work. Weighted, non-weighted, and then you could throw. I guess you you're optional there. Now I'm gonna start bringing the chunk of lead. Every me, fly serves its own. Well, purpose. we're we're talking about chads, so they swam good. You're yeah. little swimmers. Yeah, you they swam one into, into a swimmer.
3: log. <sighs> uh,
2: yes, I did. Sw- no, I didn't, I casted that one into a log. Mm-hmm. Lose any? I, yeah, the one I t- <laughs> I tied it on. I tied it on. I walked downstream of Mark. <laughs> did. I made one cast into a tree and popped it off. Not wasn't right. <laughs> in the no, it, part, it's like
5: I like I, I noticed he's and like back gone for to to a while it. and he's re rigging, re rigging, re. I, I watch him walk down and immediately I see his arm up in the air shaking around. I'm like, oh my God.
2: very first cast. And then Mark was like, you want walk across and get that? I said, wait, wait, didn't it hit water? Listen, I i popped the 16 pound test, boom, it, it shot back at me like a fucking rocket. <laughs> <laughs> And Mark was like, you going to walk across and get that fly? I said, I'm going to wait till we f- we get done fishing this, and then I'll walk over and grab it. So we got done fishing. I walked over. Fucking thing fell.
1: Oh, that's the worst. And it had
2: both of helmet helmets on, so it's gone for eternity. Oh,
1: yes, yes. Oh, hell yeah. So let's go back to the 16-pound test for trout. Yeah. Ah, oh, leave. Right I got... Cut that and... In- Eh, I wouldn't say go to half. You could do 10 and 12. I think that'd be appropriate.
2: I'm sure you can, but I have
1: 8,000
2: yards of 16-pound test. I'm going to use it for everything. When you need need
1: 32, wrap it together. Next time I go brook trout fishing,
2: guess what I'm using? 16-pound test. He's (laughs) lying. He's not actually using 16 pounds. Watch me. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't
1: fit through the small <laughs> flies we're using. Hey, <laughs> Dick, if you if you go mid A, barely use it. Wouldn't five matter.
2: A I
5: Sixteen ran, pound uh, <coughs> test would be A
1: one. They'll see you coming. They'll be like, "Oh, they're feeding us." <laughs> that twelve <laughs> million
5: was fine for today. That was good. I like that.
4: Yeah, I need that kind of works. I mean, ten pound. If you have a good ten pound, Maxima. I like maxima. maxima. I do too, for sure. You see,
1: no, no uh, life. No Mine's high seas. Did you guys see any other life on your? float here and
2: any...
5: He, no, You none. said you seen an eagle. Like one
1: chip. Mung. see no bugs or... Oh, we, no, we, we saw, saw a bald eagle. We saw eagle. an immature
2: bald eagle. It didn't have a white
1: head on it. see bugs? He didn't get yeah, the memo to be where... a little
2: bit,
5: actually. There's just a few yeah. things. A few small... I've not seen bugs. I think caddis. Every day it's
1: been warm.
2: Something popping off.
5: I didn't get a good look on them early ones. I saw the little ones later on. If They were like twenty, twenty-two. They yeah, I only tiny. saw
2: two of them, and they were caddises. They were probably a size 14.
5: I
4: flipped over some rocks. I saw some caddis moving around in their casing. You know, I could actually see the thing moving, too. It was pretty cool. That was about all you could see, though. There were no nymphs or anything else around other than that. But, uh
2: yeah, no no salamanders today, no newts, no nothing.
1: It's a little Desolate. cold still. i seen deer today, so it's that was pretty, pretty cool. It's freaking freezing out there, dude. We saw turkey on the way home. Yeah, we saw a f- all field full of turkey on the way home. Still old locked up yeah bunches of them i was listen jason i i've been thinking about this but he's talking about turkey hunting we're turkey hunting this year i'm helping i'm helping to call with these guys hopefully you got to get your smith fly and turkey hunt out of it that's what i was just just trying to tell you (laughs) today oh dude i've been thinking it. i was like just dumbass. what the hell is he doing last year you got you got you know if you call him to the edge ultimately we can shoot him right
4: you should, I guess I don't know what the hell to do with uh, a fucking that, raft and shooting a turkey. I well, don't you're understand. gonna be I
1: silent and stealthy, and you're gonna be unless look you're how much drinking land.
4: beers and, yeah, but look, and hollering. Look how much
2: room you could cover. You know, you know, call wise. Jace, you guys should do that. The bridge right by
1: my work, down to almost like the the, oh, yeah. the closest thing here. Even so, it that's and a awesome it? awesome tool for a back door into some spots. You know, so you ain't approaching the same as you everybody back else. <laughs> back door. Yeah, but
2: you're also getting into posted property,
5: no, too.
1: I, well, I know Not places. on the water? I know some places you can get out, no, but I, I mean, like... If that
2: bird doesn't go above the high water mark.
1: There's places where animals burn me because of the water. You know what I mean? At they that got, point, they, they got control. Can run over there. They know how to live. The water gets get their free pass to animals. No, I I've uh I called turkeys across a river one time and that's pretty not heard of. But yeah, that's saying something. Then I then I missed them both.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably put some shot in their asses. Old man ridiculed the shit out of me when I went and asked for permission. But he was like, "You can go back there today, but not no more." <laughs> uh, down at another spot. But yeah, nah, man, mistake of killing them. But I missed like three birds in one that one spot. I never. I passed some jakes up, but I never got a bird out of this spot the last few years of my turkey hunting. But uh, sure as hell called them in. Yeah, that's a big burn When but you call them across, it that would
2: me? be cool. But yeah, I was telling Jay you should, you and him and uh Adam should go in a float.
1: Well, you gotta have rods. You gotta have food to cook. You could forage a little. You know what I mean? You could go. That's mushroom, mushroom season or anything. That's mushroom season. <laughs> Which, scouting on both ends? Yeah, we
5: did not do a good preparation for Go down and hit your today. bubbly
1: spot, Jason? Your bubble spot? I don't know what you're talking about. I had Pike the best spot. short lunch today.
2: I'm
5: well, saying for like us cooking. <laughs> I know. No, we didn't
1: cook much. No, we didn't cook it you, gotta, you gotta cook it beforehand so it's ready to rock. We beforehand. had a
2: shitload of water to cover today. I think uh, what we did food-wise was our best option. That way we didn't take time away from pushing through water. Yeah, we
5: did good time-wise. Mm-hmm. I tell you what though, it gets that low. Some of that water gets technical. Some of that oh, rowing was yeah. interesting. Ooh.
1: A lot less water than when we went.
5: Oh, and then you got the wind pushing you.
1: Oh yay. Wait, hey. well,
4: when we you all oh, when you and I went last? Oh, we were on the lower end, but it was oh my god. We would have, we would have been through. I went through that lower float with PJ and Mike, um, three maybe a month ago or so. And we did that whole thing in probably three hours. Same thing what we did today, in three hours. Dang. And, and cooking. S- and stopped twice, like for extended time, like standing there <laughs> eating, you know. Stopped once when I broke my line off. Me and PJ took at least thirty-five minutes there. Still a three hours. we are almost better thing. off
5: doing them twice on days like that. You might be. We still move
3: fish. On
0: a, on a
5: day like that, you're almost better off just doing it twice. Well, Roll down through the first time, go through normal, then just, even if it's speedy, move and, through. Well, instead if you of that, move fish, <clears throat> then the next time through, no. Anchor up and move down. Well, and move. Wait, well instead of that, wait we took the option and did the, the second. Time.
4: Well, since we went through the whole float so fast that day, we took the second, second day option and, and we did the burk trout stream. Yeah. So, you know, same area. We didn't have to go far. And it was just a, a quick... You know, hip dip dip, in the mirror, you know, did that instead of maybe doing another float. I think I, uh, I think I'm not sure if it was a Saturday or Sunday. I think I'd be here. I
5: tell you what, though, when water's like that, why not just go from top to bottom? Because that top float, down, you could, so yeah, it's only gonna be six hours, you know. In all reality, if that maybe less, when that water's up, why don't we just do the whole doggone thing?
4: I would have been better off just, you know, Who? maybe even just putting the yeah.
5: If we get there and we see it's roaring it's covering a lot of water, let's do the whole, the whole thing.
4: If you had the day, if you had the day to do it, it's if you had like the time, the day, though, it's, the think time. about it. Like if we it's didn't only it going to on take Sunday, six
5: hours. It, if it's moving good,
2: that's a lot, a lot of pushing. I hope we don't have a guest that night, because that's going to be a, everyone's going to be whooped, I would think. I could be wrong. We should do that though.
5: Well, but, no. We think about it, though. A lot of that instead of pushing, you can just kind of sit back and just coast. And then you're not working yourself the whole yeah, time. Yeah,
4: but you. But if you're just not, if you're not working yourself, then you're not putting, a, you know, you're not getting enough cast in areas, or you're not fishing. water. you can't just sit and float. Not there.
2: You
0: might as well be in a you kayak. Can,
4: you can. You can actually sit yeah, and Breeze through that. Like I, I looked at today, mm-hmm. and I, I noticed when I when I float there. You can literally look back upstream and see the elevation change, mm-hmm. <laughs> and how and, and know why that why that water is moving so fast. The water is constantly moving fast.
1: And there's I mean, there's a it's few probably pools, fat, but little faster when it's lower. When you know I mean? It burns when it's, man. it's all going downhill. It burns. No, nah, when you. Mike,
5: right with me there. No,
1: because it. it well, when it's hitting <laughs> the banks, you're getting eddies. You're getting. You're getting more water in between the banks. It's up. It's not. When that thing's low, it's ripping, dude. It's not trickling. You, you know, know what I mean? You're hitting it's falling more, out. Hitting a lot more rocks,
4: that's for sure. We hit a lot of rocks today.
2: We did. I was scared about the bottom of your boat when you lifted it up, looking at it, and then you're like, "Oh, those are just rocks underneath the floor." I'm like.
1: Oh, okay, we're, we're golden. You don't feel them when you go over? You're like bull, bull, bull. Oh, did we, did we not feel them? We were
4: like trying to jump up and, and move ourselves off our rocks and shit. Mark's, we're in, we got stuck in one area that was nobody was getting out of the boat. Whoops. No. It was moving very <laughs> no. fast. Mark's got his legs out the side of the boat trying to kick off our rocks and stuff. We're all trying to bounce at the same time. It took us a little while to get on, get loosened up. Yeah, that I
2: misjudged it. was a little it. bit of
5: a gnarly spot there. Yeah. The way the, well, then the wind hit you hard there too. The way yeah. that
2: the tongue of the, the or like the uh, the hydraulics going over the rock looked, I thought the rock was further over to the left than what it was. So I I tried scooting in between the two, and the rock was to the right, oh, and I hit it.
5: With that many rocks out of the water, I mean, there's just so much little maneuvering in and out and in and out and. As soon as you get around one rock, back row of another one, then front row through another one. and uh, It
2: just sounds just like you got to go to a bigger river. That, no, that's what I told these guys today. I said, like, this is great, us doing this all the time, because we can go on anybody's boat and float any river around here oh, and I, not, not worry about being an a, or a detriment to, it not to the be, float. Yeah, it not being too
5: and tight. We rode that in all honesty as good as you could ask for today.
4: Minus going down to uh like Pittsburgh, Maryland, uh border, you're not gonna row anything that's gonna be any no. I mean any more crazy crazy. Exactly.
5: No, that's well, there may be some stuff on lower ends
4: uh, down by by uh, where uh, we must be yeah, yeah, yeah. that too. Yeah there's some I wouldn't even some put my I wouldn't put you can't put it through some of that either. Yeah, no, there's a limit to some
2: stuff. of the stuff, but but fishing wise
5: That's I a would, tough rowing as you're gonna get.
2: I wouldn't put any mm. of us in anyone's boat and say well, look, these guys are a detriment because we're not. You know,
1: you got you guys are getting longer days now, so you got. Oh, we know we talked about that too. I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. gonna be changing gonna be what some we, when's LMB uh, coming up? When's, uh yeah. when does the May 8th. Mar- March, yeah, March 8th. March eight?
2: Yeah, our 200th episode. That's oh, there you go. Two time change day. Two
1: weeks. What? Know. Hey, you yeah. lose an hour of sleep too? If anyone is yes. in If anyone's in the I mean, any area, we're going ahead. What are you talking about? We lose nothing. We spring ahead.
2: Fall back spring ahead. We lose an hour of sleep. We lose it. Yeah, we, lose, we lose an hour we of lose sleep. lose
1: nothing. It's spring. God so, damn it. You're going ahead.
2: But if anyone's local on March 8th, if you guys want to come out and have a little party.
1: Hey,
5: but right before that, speaking of, if you're local, we got time like this Friday. Good call. This Friday the 28th. If you happen to be around too, come out for the show.
2: But if you're local and you want to come out and have a party on March 8th, hit me up or hit us up. And uh, I think we're going to have a bunch of beers and do something cool uh, the day of our 200th episode. I've already invited some people, like previous show guests. I think PJ's coming out. Invited Aaron Latera. You know, we've um, had some stuff in the works for quite a while now for yeah, that. We have. Uh we're getting some. Chad, you bothering people on the interwebs. I am You're a I...
3: freaking weirdo.
2: Uh there there's a we're gonna have some cool people like reintroduce themselves
1: to the show. You flying in some Australians. What what the hell you got going on? Oh yeah. Oh he's bringing a drop bear with him <laughs> from Australia.
2: <laughs> uh nothing that nothing that crazy, but uh it it's gonna be a good time for sure for everybody all around.
4: Oh. Uh, I'm going to have to, I should go way. tell my bosses that, uh, I'm going to need the day after off. Uh, They're
2: going to be pissed.
4: They are going to be pissed. uh I just called a vacation day, as long as I tell them.
5: We're going fishing that day, after Wait. we sleep it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chad just needs to move the We're party day up one day. We're going to get a late start that day, but the good part is we got an extra hour of light. And we'll probably catch a muskie. Yeah.
1: I, I hope. hope. Look at I you, you're it. wishful.
2: I know. He'll probably big him. asks.
4: <laughs>
1: hey, hey, maybe if you don't just go. Said maybe if didn't say do,
4: probably if you don't go into it with that mindset, you'll never catch one, right? Uh, That's true. But if
1: you're trying too hard, you don't get shit. You gotta let it flow, man.
4: That's not true, because as soon as Mark hooked that fish, I started trying really fucking hard. Tried your ass off 13 <laughs> foot then, later. What then, was it, 13 yeah,
1: foot yeah. later, Jack? Three, three
4: casts ca- and 13 feet later, <laughs> there comes another bra- uh, rookie. Like, hell, hell yeah, that, where's the brownie
1: at? You didn't say run it back? Row me back. No, Row we had back. the anchor drop. Yeah, oh, we nice oh, are
2: yeah, sitting that's why I said we I rode knew, both we, these guys. We knew we were in the,
4: a good spot. <laughs> we're in the money hole, huh? Yeah, it was a g- it's, a good, yeah it's a good spot to we be in. We were trying to tell Mark where so it is.
2: I said, Mark, right over there in that dancing water. He said, Psh, right here? Fish. I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> so, Fair guys, enough. do we have anything else we need to hit on? No. <laughs> I like that. You only Maybe got me one. covered a well. It's, Oops. it's fine. So, uh... Tonight's show, brought to us by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Yeah.
5: Bring some a hooks to the Tine Night, February 28th. Check them out
2: at a
4: Sims Fishing. I know we're all warm today, and there's Sims Fishing. Find
2: them at SimsFishing.com. You sound like Lynn Davis saying Y-103 at Y-103.com. Y-103. Check out
1: YetiYeti.com. Check out the app, The Dock, with the guys over at Why not Fishing. It's trying to, you know, keep people posted, share the tips and share the love. So check them guys out and what else?
2: Check out Urban Fly Company. Tonight's show has been recorded live at the Urban Fly Company Studios in lovely West Middlesex, Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> Western Pennsylvania.
5: Hit me up, got some all store genetics. Got a little bit on stock too, so if you need something, let me know. That's a good feather right
2: there. That is. You've been you've been molesting that feather all evening. I like that one. <coughs> whoa That's on that cute. note i think we should get on out of here guys I will you. Your will charge
3: the-